And now, introducing the man who's been working diligently on a seance intended to ensure the Orioles... Wow. <sighs> Not the Orioles. Why don't you give it a, one more shot? One more, run it One back. more shot. Right. That was painful. It was painful for everyone DJ involved. DJ Drama presents... Jesus. It's okay. I can do this. If you say so. So need to fix me on the and screen. Now, introducing the man who's been working diligently on a seance intended to ensure that Julio Jones ends up with the Baltimore Ravens, as while the task of procuring a raven and falcon feather has proven more difficult than expected, his backup plan of stealing each team's mascot outfit should work just the same. After reading his first book from front to back in more than 20 years, he took it upon himself to call his high school English teacher and let her know that she was wrong about him and, quote, I can only hope you, similar to the main character in this novel, can feel what it's like to have your heart grow three times in size, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good I morning. Yeah, from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. What's that? I think you look good. Uh, yeah, you think that's the shot that people want to see this morning? <laughs> I'm not sure that's what they were looking to uh, to bring into their homes. <laughs> I don't think that's the one. Hi, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. I did. I got my. I got all of them cut. In fact, oh, look at you. Believe it or not. Um, did you invent that bit? I did. It's well, it, as a, it's legal actually now that once you become a father, you have to. <laughs> like, there's a whole thing. If you don't make the joke, they actually come to your house. Wow. They send people. Who is they in this oh, case? Oh, the suits. The suits. Just the suits. Oh, the suits are there. They show right. up at your house. They deal with it. It ain't good, man. It ain't good. Uh, much to do on a Thursday edition of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. I guess I don't need to wear my uh, my mask I around. Mean, you don't need to. If you I want. really am in a place where, like, I have to bring it because the city still has an ordinance in place. So, like, when I go to the gym, it's more I, of just like a, I don't want to be the guy. Nope, it's not that. I don't it's, even know. If, like, I, it's if, not, I don't if, if it was released, if the city ordinance was released gone for it's not it's, i still have it as a habit to an extent when i'm going inside places from outside but that's only to me because i don't know what their rules are i i have it because i don't know what their rules are and i don't want to cause a problem but the moment everybody says we good here it's is gone is that it's, the official decree? gone yeah i think that's the way that they actually send it out it's a, <laughs> okay. it's a press release it says uh, from from the desk of michael jordan like we it. good here All and right. that's the, the ceiling is the roof in yeah, a way the ceiling sort of is thing. the roof exactly right uh, anyway, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Coming up on the program today, we're going to talk some baseball. Not really about like the Orioles winning or not winning for it's not it's the other one. It's a couple of winning. weeks now. Hey, they had a one nothing lead for a little while not yesterday. Not yet. Line, it's so, not you're right. It's only yet. nine. They're only a third of the way. A lot of teams lose nine in a streaks. row. Right? Yeah. Do they? Do Panic a lot of, when it gets to 25, you know? Right. Then you're threatening. Then you're threatening the record. I was Somebody actually brought that up yesterday. They said, wouldn't it actually be exciting for the Orioles to lose 25 in a row? Like, wouldn't that I mean, next, in a way, you would lock up the number one pick, no, right? Wouldn't like, that next game be electric? Like, we're not going to have any electric games. Electric feel or electric slide? Uh, we're we're looking more at the electric eel situation. <laughs> okay. By the not way, even. The, the, the girl and I who had that as our song. Electric her, eel, of ele- Electric eel by MGMT. <laughs> her... Her roommate, it was it was called Electric Field. Of course. Her roommate genuinely didn't know that. And like we would go out with like her roommate and her Gen- roommate genuinely, genuinely. Gen- genuinely, yes, that, yeah. exactly right. Her roommate would say something like, 
oh my god you guys it's the electric eel song it's and i was like what it's like, yes what? it is yeah it's exactly yes, nailed it. Love it. you nailed it the electric eels <laughs> way into this tune um so yeah we're not gonna talk about the Orioles on the field because why would we do that there's nothing to say spoiler alert they we, didn't win they didn't keegan aiken's gonna Thankfully, make the start <coughs> ryan mackerel didn't break a boner in his hand there is that uh, god bless uh, we will, however, Although talk Austin about... Although Austin hamstrings appear to be... Not great. A, a not not great. an issue. We will, however, talk about uh, what they might do over the course of the next couple of months in a couple of different capacities. David Samson is going to join us. Uh, he's the former Marlins team president now with CBS Sports HQ. We're going to chat with him about uh, the trade deadline, about specifically John Means. We'll bring up... You know, I, look, I, the Trey Mancini conversation, to me, I think I've, I've we've handled it and... It's it's not nearly as difficult. If you can get something for Trey Mancini, you trade Trey Mancini. I, if if what you get is you know is just nothing, I act, I still maintain there's an argument, and I think that's the most likely scenario. I still maintain there's an argument that you just hold on to him. It's not to me. It's different because Trey Mancini isn't a real asset. He's he's beloved here. He's a good baseball player. But he's not a valuable trade asset. If you can get something for him, if there's a deal, if there's a Mitch Moreland like deal where you're not even getting, you know, the, the, this bit where you're trying to think like, well, I'll trade Trey Mancini as long as you can get a top 100 prospect for him. Th- forget it. That's not happening. It's no. not occurring. No. Throw that out the window. What you got to figure out is if what you want to do is will you trade well, Trey Mancini? How much upside could you get and is it worth it? For the twenty-fifth prospect in someone's just top a thirty, a flyer, a dart throw, who like a team is is saying, look, we have enough guys who are definitely ahead of him right now, where we can afford to give you this. Right. And yeah. in a world where, like, once upon a time, the Orioles gave up a lot of go those guys, right? Like that was the trade they were making the yes, other way. You're, you're hoping to find someone else's Josh Hader. You're not likely to of find course. someone else's Josh Hader. But, but that's the point of all of this. Yes, is, correct. Well, it's I part mean, of it. Is having as many lottery tickets as you can and have something stick to the wall and understand that like well, you want to well, hope that their developmental yes, we'll, process is we'll, better than the past. We'll and, talk about that, but the, the means conversation is obviously more significant because he's actually an asset. He's someone that literally could make a difference for you as far as what you could get for him in a trade. So we'll talk about both those things with David Sampson. Also this morning, our weekly MLB draft segment, Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America will join us. He has the Orioles selecting a bat. Just the bat? Which kind? Um, uh, an aluminum one, oddly. Yeah, that's uh, not going to play, uh, I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't work so well, <laughs> despite the fact that when the Orioles pick, he's got Kamar Rocker still available, but he has them going bat. With the fifth overall pick, he has them going college bat, Henry Davis, the catcher from Louisville, which, yes, does seem interesting considering what the Orioles already have in their system. This is going to be a smear job this morning, huh? Yeah, no, I don't think that's the case. We'll talk to uh, Carlos Palazzo about that a little bit later on. Booker Corrigan will stop by. Obviously, we're getting ready for the uh, Final Four on Saturday. Big game for he and Kyle. Um, I'm safe. I'm yeah. good. I cannot lose. I've just been sort of treating this. Although, uh, although somehow I still ima- imagine that Booker's going to try to figure out a way to convince me that I have to run this thing to like su- you got it. Don't worry. to support Korg in sports or whatever. I've just um, been treating this on the periphery of life and just praying. Ultimately, leaving oh, it up to, you become a religious man. Leaving it up to the well, graces inter- of God to just hope that this is not going to be fascinating time a for you to for decide that you're going to become a religious man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk to Booker about the final four as yes, whoever, uh, between 
Uh, it's the Duke Maryland game that ends up being the significant one. So basically, this is the championship. Uh, for you guys, yes, this is essentially the championship. I was trying now, to as get Patrick Stevens, to talk about the championship. As, it was, yeah, right. <laughs> as Patrick Stevens told us, n- not likely to be the team that wins the championship. But that's not important the here. Second semifinal. One no, of these teams is going to win today. Does not, not matter today, to but you. Whenever they on, play on Saturday is when they is play. That when they do it? Yes, they do it on Saturday. So weird, we'll, weird day to do it. We'll I thought talk. Thursday was normally. Oh, the, you thought that was yeah. a typical day for the national championship or the semifinals? I guess. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, it's weird. They don't do it that day. Oddly enough. Uh, but we'll talk to Booker about that a little bit later on in the program when he joins us in studio. Today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. So Diana Rossini this morning uh, has a couple of things to say about the Julio Jones situation. Um, from uh, this is of course ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini that we're talking about. So let's go to her tweeters. It's at Diana with two N's. ESPN is where you find her. She says first, the Atlanta Falcons have discussed several trade offers for Julio Jones, including an offer for a future first-round draft pick. Per sources. Sauces. There is a sense around the league that a trade could go down as early as next week. Follow up. This one's not really germane to the Ravens, but she follows up with more information. As we watch Titans players fiercely recruit Julio Jones on social media, I was told Atlanta has actually had discussions with Tennessee. As of now, they're still talking, but I was told this, quote, is a long shot, unquote, for the Titans to land Jones, which, of course, is interesting because the Titans one of the favorites. have been considered sure. one of the favorites to get Julio Jones. I'm sure A.J. Brown is heartbroken and probably yeah, threatening just, holdout. Yes, just uh, <laughs> absolutely broken up about that. So a couple of things that stand out uh, amidst all of that. First. The, the second, well, the second part of it, if you're a Ravens fan, you might say, oh, that's, that's good news. Is we thought wrong? if the Titans are out, of course. the second part of it, that would that would seem like one less serious, you know, contender that's out of the mix for Julio Jones. I I, I like that. Now the other part of it. Prevailing thought here is that there's one now, very serious that, contender. That, you know, it's, it's settle down. We'll, you're, you're 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 reading ahead. You like to do that. I do that you, sometimes. You like to read ahead. Settle down. I'm All a, right. I'm a fast e- reader. E- easy fella. <laughs> e- easy boy. I was told there would be carrots. This yeah, is, I, I understand. Right? <laughs> this is supposed to be. This is supposed to be your Christmas. I get all of this. This is a long yeah, race. Right, I was told, and they right. didn't give me any this carrots. It's the Belmont Stakes. We got to go a full mile yeah. and a half, and I can't even get a little peppermint. <laughs> What's going on around these parts? Um, yes, as Kyle is is trying to rush me too. Well, the other part is the report, and again, is there truth to it, or is it something the Falcons want people to think? that there is a first-round pick on the table for Julio Jones. That a is future, the though. part. It could be like 2024. And it's, it's a very <laughs> weirdly like stated. If you're going to give up a first-round pick, it'd be one thing if the draft was next week and you were like, look, look, I'll give you a, a first-round right, pick. But, but it's going to be the future. We've right? got the 10th pick this year. We're not doing that. We think if we have Julio Jones next year, we're going to have the 24th pick. Right. So we'd rather you have that one than this one. That's not the case. No one knows what their pick is in next year's draft, so why wouldn't it just be in next year's draft? It feels very Wizards trade deadline-y. Yeah, it does sort of feel that way. (laughs) Somebody would argue it gives you more time to try to recoup picks in a future. If if you say, look, if if it's going to cost us a first-round pick, we'll do it for 2024, 
because by then we'll have time to sort of adjust in the decisions that we make. But that would just be knowing such a, we don't have a pick then. A bizarre. Yeah. By the time at that point, Julio Atlanta. Jones might not be. Yeah. Why would you be doing right? it? Well, like, it could be about stating. I get that it's only about cap, maybe, and like look at this asset we got. Come hell or high water, we've got to get a first round pick out of this. Still. Yeah, it's a weird bit. Yeah. So my like that GM, I can't imagine the GM being like, "I'm going to be here until 2024." Right. Definitely. Like this is definitely going to help me. Yeah. Right. No doubt about it. I don't know that anybody's still going to be there right. in 2020. Well, I mean, I, I 2024. That's yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, right, but but it couldn't. Well, he was never the. None coach. of us are going to be here. That's a good point. We might all be dead on yeah. Saturday. That's a good point. Um. So it, I, the question one becomes: Is that is that legit? And that's not me questioning Diana Rossini. I want to make that very clear. Well, Diana Rossini is an extremely plugged-in reporter who knows what she's talking about. I am not questioning Diana Rossini. What I'm questioning is. Was Diana Rossini told something by the Falcons specifically because they want people to believe that there is a first-round pick that's on the table? It sort of spits in the face of some of the other reporting that has been done oh, certainly about the situation. I mean, everybody else is saying they would be shocked, centrally, correct. if there was a first-round pick that came now, in return. But as, like, say, Randy Mueller pointed out yesterday, of course, it, it only one, takes but... one team. It only takes—and this is like the conversation that I had with the Ravens ahead of the draft— at that point, if you said, look, all these teams are in. There's mm-hmm. a lot of teams that are interested. Let's just get this done. You give us your number 31 pick. At that point, Glenn Clark would have said, yes. Sure. I am far less inclined to give away a future number one, number one pick because I just don't know what that's going to be. As much as I knock on every piece of wood I can find. Not wood, but yes, Thank I get you, it. Kyle. The truth is that Lamar Jackson could get hurt this season, and if he does – by the way, nobody really wants to talk about the uh, backup quarterback situation in Baltimore because, like, we all want to. We all want to like these guys. Well, we don't really even know which one is technically the backup quarterback at the moment. Like, we just want to like these guys because they come off as likable guys. But like, but isn't, they have no NFL experience. Isn't it it's sort that, of a? It's an acknowledgement of what we're doing here, right? Like, it's that if Lamar's down, we're down. Yeah, but there's a big difference between if Lamar's down for the season, you're absolutely down. But if Lamar's down for a game. I get it. Yeah, like, like can you need to win? You need to do something. And yes, it would be n- no offense. Needs not there anymore. Damn. Yeah, it was his time to shine. Of course. Um, I, I, nobody wants to talk about it, and it's not all that important in comparison to other things. But it's a weird bit that nobody's talking about, and that we're pretending. Maybe they know he can't get hurt. Is that something? Is that a thing you can know? Super somehow? serum. Like You've wi- seen the sort of Disney Plus shows, right? I, I, not all of them. <laughs> not as many as other people. Well, you missed the uh, Jason, the John Stamos one. Uh, yeah. Oh, the what, what was that called? Oh, the, I don't even know, yeah, the coach one. Correct. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyway, that's not really that's not really germane to the subject. John Stamos you is know, the backup. That it's a good point. Yes. He's very germane to the subject. Uh, the backup quarterback situation. Just something I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, we really doing this bit where they're just not gonna have a. A real backup quarterback? Like I'll be honest with you. 30% what? chance in my head you're going to be saying someone thinking about earlier this week and it was going to be about John Stamos. But <laughs> what is going on? You can proceed about the backup you got a, quarterback. You got a John Stamos. Uh, well, doesn't everyone. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Well, John uh, Stamos Marshall has been tonight. rarely discussed on this show. I, well, it, until this week, there hadn't been nearly as much forgetting Sarah Marshall. No, I've been dropping references for a while Every now, now and then it yeah, might come it's up. One of, it's, in my, it's in my Rolodex. All right, fair enough. Um, the moral of the story being... At this point, if you were to lose Lamar Jackson, there is the possibility that that first-round pick could be, say, a top-12 pick sure. next year. And while I was okay giving up the number 31 pick, particularly in a year in which you already had another first-round pick, 
I don't feel nearly as good if that ends up being the number 12 pick. Now, this is where somebody else steps in and says, okay, but Glenn, realistically, well, the odds are if, right. if Lamar Jackson doesn't get hurt, they're not going to have the, a top 12 pick. They're going to have a late first round pick. So this is where I turn things over to you. All right, what am I doing? Not you specifically, the royal you. Um, I want to know from you, is it, a, is it a common agreement among all Ravens fans that we're, we're good with the Julio Jones thing only as long as it's not a first-round pick? Or are there some of you that say, no, I'm still on board, even, even if Dan, Diana Rossini is right, and there's a first-round pick on the table, whether that's a first-round – by the way, it could be the Ravens. Right? Like, she didn't say who it was. Maybe it's the Ravens. Are you good with that? If they make the move on Monday, I guess it would be Tuesday. On Tuesday, we get the word. The Ravens have dealt a first, a future first-round pick. Were you expecting this at midnight? Is this, like, how that would I work? I don't think so. No, I don't think it would be that. that. But the word, I mean, she did say they expect it to be happening next week. Right. So, um, if on Tuesday afternoon we get word the Ravens have dealt a first, a future first-round pick, whether it's next year or a, a year after that, for Julio Jones. Are you cool with that? Are you not okay with that? And then secondarily, is everyone on board that anything less than a first-round pick they're good with? Have we, have we all coalesced around the line of demar- demarcation for this conversation being about a first-round pick. Are we all in agreement? Yes, in for Julio Jones at any cost less than a first-round pick, out if it becomes a first-round pick. Or is there more gray area there for some of you? Are more of you saying, look, I don't really want to give up a... We're talking about a second-round pick or like two second-round picks, something like that. I'm not doing that. I'm not. It's not anything but a first for me. Are there those of you that say, absolutely, even if it costs you a first-round pick, we're talking about Julio Jones, we're talking about changing your chance of winning a Super Bowl next season significantly. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm on board. I think that it's going to be a late first-round pick anyway. I'm making the move. That's what I want to know today. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, of course, is the best way to get in. I want to know how you feel about it. Some, uh, you know what, Kyle, I'll let you go first. I'll I decline. Let, no, I'm go, you're going to do it anyway? I am in a place where my expectation and kind of what I feel as though, like my understanding of how the Ravens front office operates is such that like I, I just really don't expect them to give a first. It's different, different I know conversation. That. I know that. But let's say they did. Mm-hmm. Let's say next week it's reported the Ravens have given away a first-round pick for Julio Jones. Okay. While I would be ambivalent, like I would have feelings in both directions, mm-hmm. I would say, holy crap, Julio Jones is a Baltimore Raven. That would be my predominant emotion, too. There my would f- still be part of me that says in the back of the devil on my shoulder saying, well, also, now you don't have a first-round pick next year. Yeah, that's, that's future Glenn's problem. I understand. It still is present. Mm. It still is it, it, It's still there. But ultimately... It's going to make a really awful Project Game Day draft special. 
It's going to be. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Right. Ultimately, and I love the draft, right? The draft is one of my favorite little side hobbies in life, right? To just be able to just nerd out every now and then and have that day and just, you know, it's Christmas. Um, but, I mean, the excitement it would create entering next season about a Ravens team that on paper would probably be as formidable as has been assembled. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be incredible. So, you're so s- I would say that, like, I don't necessarily think it's the right way to go about operating as a franchise, right? Okay. Like, I don't necessarily think giving away a first-round pick is the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I can't pretend that the emotional part of it as, okay, the Julio Jones is a Baltimore Raven wouldn't still probably make it palatable. Okay. Okay. Um, from Kevin. Kevin says, I'd trade a first for him. Outside of Brady, there's a lot of evidence that you're most competitive when your quarterback is at their cheapest. That's Lamar right now, and two years of Julio gives him a shot to get over the hump. I mean, depending on when they pay Lamar, you know, to say two years, like, what are they going to pay Lamar next year? And if they do, you could say they're likely structure it that the mm-hmm. first year hit would not be all that significant. I, I'm assuming that next year is when they're going to pay Lamar Jackson. But, yes, they could still do it in which the fifth, his fifth year of his career still does not come with a heavy price tag cap-wise, even if they do pay him next year. Doesn't Lamar have a pretty nice situation? Better than Flacco's when he was betting on himself, right? What do you mean? Like, Lamar is not going to push for an extension this offseason. If he did, he could probably get one if he really wanted to. Oh, I mean, if, but if, like he's if, saying, Lamar, if Lamar said, I know, you know he was talking about this yesterday. If Lamar said, come hell or high water, you're paying me this offseason, or I'm not, right. I'm out. He would get paid. Yes. But he would get paid at a rate commensurate with Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson and probably in that neighborhood, maybe a little more, right? Almost certainly. If he goes out and just sets the world on fire and the Ravens win the Super Bowl, he's right. going to get paid in get the neighborhood a, of Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. His deal, gamble yeah. is, well, 140 versus potentially 500, not yes, Flacco's all, yes, 60 are, to correct. 120. These, are, these yeah. are significantly different numbers. Amazing how this works. Yeah. And yet I'm still getting paid. Never mind. Um, different different conversation Well, you don't altogether. throw the ball very well, Glenn. Uh, you don't know that. You, you're assuming that, but you don't know that. How far can you throw? Oh, you're correct. I cannot yeah. throw it very well. Um, from Nick Kelly. Nick Kelly says, uh, I agree Lamar, if Lamar gets hurt this year, that first rounder could be a top 10 pick. I'm not giving that up for a wide receiver in his 30s. I would give up a second anything else. I mean, I've though. always viewed the Julio Jones situation in a sort of, I can't believe it would end up being a third, of course, right? A second would seem, a second would seem like the Ravens wouldn't be the team to get him. I have, right. Like, Why, for, for what like, teams are thinking of, well, it's simple. Like, if this team's good... Let's go for a team that's not good right. draft pick to try and, and that, make sure that it's a might first be why or it would have to cost a first round pick sure. for the Ravens to do it, right? Which again is very unRavens like. They don't, they are not inclined to trade away first round picks. They they've done it very rarely in their franchise's history, right? Now they did it once in order to be able to draft Kyle Bowler, and it worked great. You know, say what you want to say about that. You know that. that he could throw it 60 yards from his knee. I, now, where posts. did you hear that? I don't think I have that, an insider, a sauce. Oh, yeah, you got yeah. you got some sauces, huh? Yeah. Look at you. Um, I get I get it. It's just not, not something that we're used to the Ravens doing, and so until they do it, we kind of expect they won't. Um, but that's why we're having the conversation. 
From Tony. Tony says, um, I think ultimately, while I don't know that he's worth a first-round pick, I would prefer the Ravens be aggressive this time. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of them sitting around and waiting for guys to come to them. I think it's how you end up not getting guys. I think every now and then you have to be the team that aggressively pursues a particular player in order to get you over the hump. I think that uh, also I mean, is some. I, I have part of that in me as well. Like, right? gen- like generically, I get what you're saying, but like let's let's just throw this out there. The Chicago Bears were very aggressive in going to try to get Khalil Mack. What did it do for them? But this is a different price, right? Like this is a different aggressive. It's relatively aggressive. It's less aggressive. It's like a it's a it's grades below an aggressiveness is what the Bears gave up. Mm-hmm. Right? It's aggressive well, in, for a player in, that's by older. the Ravens standard. Mm-hmm. It's aggressive. Yes, but it's a. I would say it's I think a, everybody in football would agree it would that be a, a, a first a, round pick is an aggressive move. But I think they would also say, I know it's the Ravens and you're betting on it likely being in the twenty five to thirty two range, right? right? And that they think this makes it a far more likely chance that it's in the thirty one to thirty two range. Right. So I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy because of now health. Well, there's difference between, being, there's difference between crazy and aggressive. Those are two different no, things. No, 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 no. I think you, that you said aggressive for th- a first round it pick is, is always aggressive. aggressive. Yes, but for a, I mean, as look, I understand age, health; these yeah. are factors. Oh, yep. But a known quantity. I, mean, I hear you. Right? I hear you. And who's I'm... when he was on the field last year? Yes, when he played, he was, was still very really productive. good. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's why I'm still on board. From and by the way, that's what my answer is. It's you know it is interesting, right? My answer as my as posed would be I, it's very similar. I don't want to give up a first round pick. It's not what I want to do. But if I find out on Tuesday the Ravens gave up a first round pick, my this show. Good thing Kyle won't be here. This show will be a show of all right. Let's go. It's not going to be, be talking a talking about the 2021 Ravens roster it's, and it's, how it's not going to be a this is insane. What are they doing? This is not how you run an organization. This is a mistake. I, I, this w- the, the response will be all right, all right. Let's do it. Let's go. Giddy up. Now if they traded two first round picks for Julio Jones, that would then be a bit of a oh my gosh, are you serious kind of thing. I, like, I, there, by the way, the funny part being, I might still have like an ounce of. And I got Julio Jones, but I'd be far. The show would not be far nearly as celebratory. Sure. Like I'm, I'm, I can tell you, if they trade a first round pick for Julio Jones, it's still going to largely be a celebratory, excited show. There, there can be some conversation. There will be conversation. Hey, it's a, it's a big price. It's a big price at a time where you need your draft picks to hit because you're about to pay a bunch of money to a, you know, a, 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 but it's a, also a an investment. Chunk of your players. It's also an look from what we've heard from all the people we've talked to about Julio Jones. It's an investment in your team as well, right? Long term. Of course it is. Rashad Bateman would benefit greatly from being able to learn from Julio Jones and even in the event that Julio Jones is only a Baltimore Raven for two years, be able to educate him so he can be a Calvin Ridley type player upon his departure. So it's more than just plain X's and O's. And in an X's and O's argument, you've got it sort of an argument to be made. So look, I, I am... Not always against trading a first-round pick. There are circumstances where it's like, of course. This isn't quite an of course circumstance here. But but the argument is strong enough on the other side for the player you're getting in return yep. where the prevailing emotion would still be 
happiness. Uh, from Dan, Dan says, no way, not for a first-round pick. I don't think I'm quite as excited about Julio as everyone else is. I think the first-round pick allows you to say, nope, not worth it, and back off. I mean, Dan, I, you know, I, I think there's two different conversations going on there in general. If you're saying you're not as excited about I wish you would have answered the other part of it, which is like, would, would, it sounds like you're the type who's like, I don't even really want to give up a second-round pick for Julio right. Jones. It sounds like you don't think Julio Jones is, I mean, uh, yeah. You'd probably say, I'd be okay with it kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. know. You'd have to follow up with that one, Dan. And from from Paul, I'd give up a future first if, like you proposed. Would you rather it be 2022 or 2023? I personally would rather just get it over with, like peel the Band-Aid off. I I don't. there's a decent chance that I would say if you're getting Julio, you're betting on the team being good now. So bet on them when you think the Julio team's going to be best. And why wouldn't they be best when Julio's youngest? You would think that, right? So, like, let's just roll with that. Uh, Paul says, I give up the future first if, like you propose, it isn't until 2023 or 2024. I don't, I just don't get that. If the Falcons want to be greedy and not want a first rounder that far in the future, then I'm out. I, I, you're going to have Paul, I know Paul's listening. You're, you're going to have to explain to me what the difference would be for you and why you do it for 2023, 2024. The only argument I could think of is the further development of players on the offensive line, on the defense, and the, it's a gamble to an extent that Julio's just as good at 33 as he is at 32, and that's sort of the biggest gamble in the equation. That you really think that that 20 that you really believe that making this move doesn't make 2022 year like year the games, it makes like Calvin Ridley year was year. much better in his sophomore year than his rookie year, of course, mm-hmm. right? Like that Rashad Bateman can't possibly learn all he's going to learn. From Julio Jones in the first year he's with him. But the obligation isn't immediately on Rashad Bateman. The obligation for winning is really on Julio Jones and and Hollywood Brown. When you think the best bet for the Ravens winning is, is what we're talking about. And there are so many. I think you're just creating so many more. I mean, look, it's it's a process that's inevitably going to be overthought. Correct. I I just, I, I don't know that I get that. Um, but Paul continues to be obsessed with Zach Ertz. Based on his age contract, I just don't want to give up a 2020, uh, 2022 first. Go give up a fourth or a fifth round pick for Zach Ertz. I honestly Ertz think Julio Paul Jones is a better Zach blocker Ertz. than Zach Ertz. Yeah, I'd, Paul, I just, <laughs> I, Paul is in love with Zach Ertz. He's been in love with Zach Ertz and from, from day one. It's, I mean, he's just really in love with the guy. And I don't, I, I, I'm not saying no. I like I'm not saying I'm not the trading. Player he was in a fantasy football sense. Oh, 100%. And I'm not saying for a late round draft pick, I wouldn't be interested right. in Zach Ertz. I would bring in Zach sure. Ertz for a, a minimal cost 100 percent. i'm just not i would i would this would be a conversation i would be having the first round pick discussion for julio jones mm-hmm. would be realistically probably a fourth round pick conversation for zach Ertz. like would you like if they were to give a third round pick up, i'd be kind of upset i don't know that i'd even like giving up a fourth round that's the point right like if you like... got zach Ertz, you'd say well yeah, they like, gave up a fourth, but, but he's not I really, guess I just, I'm just I get that's but still my point is that's where I would probably see that, and maybe even right like you're saying lower. Yeah, I, I just don't even know that I'm gonna say like yeah, I think that's a oh man. Anyway, I don't know. We're spending a lot of time on Zach Hurts, and maybe that's the more realistic conversation. Maybe ultimately that this was always a pipe dream with the Ravens and Julio Jones and. You know, we should have been talking about I mean, if it's, team, the if it's a question time. about which team's willing, the Ravens have never been the team most likely to overpay. The question is, like, no. what is overpay in this scenario? A, and, like, why would, if the if the Ravens are willing to give a first, why wouldn't the Raiders be willing to give a first, knowing how they've operated? And I get this is not Al Davis, this is right. Mike Mayock, but, you know, Chucky up there and the, not I don't mean John Gruden, Mark, I mean the Mark, owner. Mark Davis. Yeah, is still probably a bit of a 
of an impulsive... I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we know enough about that. In fairness, it's been the opposite, right? Like they've been the team that traded away Khalil Mack, right? They haven't necessarily been the team that's been looking. Now they hadn't. They might think that they oh, have to now right, because yeah. they've got to get an answer Vegas on Derek Carr. And... I think we already have the answer on Derek Carr. He's um, fine. He's correct. Yeah. Exactly right. He's fine. That's exactly right. He's Ryan Tannehill. Well, he's not he's quite. A little Ryan better than Tannehill. Matt Schaub. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's got a stronger arm than Matt Schaub. He's on his. He's in the in the Kirk Cousins conversation to yeah. me. Like well, that's where he maybe is. he proves us wrong. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Maybe we will. And one more from Chris. Chris says, "Yeah, I I feel like I want to say." that a first-round pick is too much. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if they came back and said there's a first-round pick on the table from the Patriots or the Chiefs, I don't know why you'd be afraid of the Patriots. I don't, I don't understand I think that's, this Patriots thing. Like, I, I really don't, don't understand. I really don't get that. But I mean, it's a, like a If there's a first-round pick on the table from the Patriots or the Chiefs or one of the AFC North teams, and we're talking about Julio Jones now competing against you or you can have him yourself for the same price, frankly, I'm just doing it. He's a player I want. If another team that we're going to have to compete against is going to get him, then I would do it because it helps on two fronts. However, if the team that's offered a first-round pick is an NFC team, I'm less inclined. Haven't we heard that they don't want to trade Julio Jones within the NFC? Yeah. Hasn't then that been something? But if it was a there? matter of you get a first from one team or you don't? Yeah, okay, sure. Right. Like, would they be willing to trade him to the Cowboys? Although yeah. he said he's not going to the Cowboys. Well, I don't think they're going to trade him to the Saints. You know, like no, you're definitely not doing <laughs> that. Obviously, but like, would you trade him to the 49ers, right. The Kyle Shanahan thing, if you can get a first round pick? I, I, I don't. I think Chris's point, however, is relevant. I, mean, I, like, I, I hadn't been framing it in that manner, right, but it only I hadn't either. But if, if if you're talking about the the first round pick being the difference between you having and about, Julio, this, you this having about Julio the Super Jones Bowl also. versus you going up against Julio Jones yeah, to try to win a Super Bowl. Bowl. You're talking about this isn't like... Not that I think that the Browns or the Steelers are the teams that are in the... The Browns, are, you can't count them out. You say you can't count them they out. They have probably future firsts that we don't even remember them. Maybe, but they also have two pretty prominent, you know, starting wide receivers. I understand, like, it's, but like... I, I understand the argument for why wouldn't you, you know, just go ahead. It's a, it's a good problem to have. I get that, but I would be... We There's a bit of the strike while the iron's hot feeling in Cleveland, right, where they're... Like this feels like their best chance to do something. Yeah, I mean, I it's, I get it. I just don't know that this is the thing. You I don't look. I, mean? I don't. Like, I'm not. I'm just saying. It would it definitely not shock me. It would yeah, certainly it not would, shock. It me. would shock me to some extent. I mean, uh, it would. It would seriously surprise me to shock me if it was Maybe. the Browns. It, I mean, it would be somewhere in that neighborhood. By the way, Paul did follow up to say, "I figure the realistic window to do damage with Jones is the next year or two, based on his age. So I wanted to keep next year's first, ideally to keep loading with other talent while he's here." Maybe it's ass backward argument. thinking, but that was my thought process. I, I get what you're saying. There's not like, nothing to that argument, but right. it's still just you're, there's going to be an argument but, against but it, whatever you choose to do. It's almost setting up for I think there's going to be a step backwards once Julio Jones is gone as a franchise, and so I'll just deal with it all at once. And I think yeah. the, the concept of this is to more say, let's get Julio Jones here so that by the time he's gone, Rashad Bateman is hopefully ready to be something more like Julio Jones. Not you know, it's it. it's an insert absurdly high standard but, that we're talking yeah, yeah, about, yeah, but something closer. Yeah, to unfortunately, that. that's what we're, that's the biggest hope part of it. I mean, I, would, I mean, it'd be part amazing of the appeal of this out. whole scenario is that it just seems like a great timing of all of it. Yeah, I hear you. All right, continue. Give me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. As Diana Rossini reports that the Falcons have discussed an offer for a future first round pick. 
And if that ends up being the cost for the Baltimore Ravens, would you be on board, or is that your your line? You've drawn a line in the, sta- the sand and said, no, no, I'm not going there. This is it. Second round at most, player, whatever, we're not, the conversation ends for me if we're talking about a first rounder. That's what I want to know. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. We're going to talk some baseball next. Hey, this is Chris Rowan from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the express exterior design dunk booth will have food trucks from jimmy's famous seafood vendors and a huge cornhole tournament this is a free family fun event on sunday june 27th from 12 to 4 p.m at jerry's toyota on bella road for more information go to great eights memorabilia.com that's great eights with the number eight letter s and remember great eights memorabilia be great For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit 
The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, from, who is this? Casper. The Friendly Ghost? Oh, man. Quality was, film that was. Wait, who was that? The Devin Saw was the actor. Genuinely, when Casper I was to too life. young to know voices then. It's not, no, 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 it's not the voice. It's when he came to life. At the end, when Christina Ricci dances with him in the I final scene. I do remember scene, that vaguely, but also... All of the young ladies were big Devin Saw fans. They I was were, more impacted by the ghost form of Casper. Well, I was more impacted by Christina Ricci. I was a big fan. She was I also was in, in Adam's family. American Beauty as well, right? She... Or am I mis... No. Who am no. misremembering? American Beauty was Mena Suvari and... Um, oh, God, what was that other girl's name? Oh, what was her name? American Beauty... I mean, Mena Suvari was the girl that was also a loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was ordinary. She's the one. Yes, correct. Like, that's the one you're thinking of. There was another girl that was in that movie, though. I forget, yeah. I can't think of. Classic movie. I mean, aside Uh, from the Kevin Spacey, look, it's an awkward thing. But, like, whatever. Um, Casper won Oscars, right? Thora Birch was the other girl's name okay. in American Beauty. Casper won like three or four. Yeah, I don't think so. Not that year. Not that year. Are maybe, you sure? Maybe the remake or something. Are you up. sure? No, didn't quite sneak in. There was that one that was Slender Ghost. Christina Ricci brother. was also in another like coming-of-age movie that's name is, is escaping now. Now and Then, was that what it's called? I 13. Think it been. No, it wasn't. No, that I don't one. think that was. That was a, a coming-of-age one. Oh, was it? It was a dark one. I what think. was 13? It was about the teenage girls that were like, I think it was probably just what Euphoria is, but like oh. it was like uh, I don't remember thirteen in any way. It was came out in two thousand three, I think. Right. Maybe you just missed it. Well, so there's uh, the Christina Ricci portion yeah. of the program. We, we were going to do that. <laughs> Casper says he would do a second and a fifth. I'm like, well, I mean, Casper, uh, yeah, me too, yeah, Casper. absolutely, one hundred percent, like <laughs> yeah. on board. I just don't, I just don't know. Me too. Yeah, right. Um, Tony says the problem is the first round value is going to go up for the Ravens once they pay Lamar. A pick like Elam killed the Ravens from uh, the, with quarterback contracts. It wasn't that solely said, Elam. That said, know. what the hell, go for it. But I get his point, and I've talked about this a lot. First round picks are far more important once you pay your quarterback. I get that. Th- Tony and I are on on board with this. I'm still. I, what he ends up saying is that said, what the hell, go for it. Yeah. Is still kind of where I end up coming back to. I agree with him. In theory, the value of a first-round pick is much more important when your cap is tight. And when we do the bit where we like to say Joe Flacco killed the Ravens, no, what killed the Ravens was their drafting was horrendous. Right. But that doesn't – I think it fails that they didn't just fail in the first round. Right, right? but by like, the way, if they had Julio Jones right. – And it's – you know, if they, Or whatever the you know, equivalent of Julio Jones. Even if Matt Elam had missed, if they had completely hit it out of the park with Timmy Jernigan – 
and Terrence Brooks, you would have may, forgotten that may, Matt Elam wasn't as much yes, of a problem, might, right? Like, have. yes, or Arthur uh, Brown, sure. or insert name here. It was a lot of them. There was <laughs> it was a stockpile of troublesome sure, like draft picks. One draft pick is never it's the ultimate one, thing. It's but not it's, one alone, but his point is correct, you're, which is your, your best chance to add top talent well, is right there. And, and it's your only and it's way you're not going to be able to pay it. Don't have the money to be able to make up for the holes that you have on your roster. You've seen the Chiefs get creative. Well, I mean, at some point, at some point, that's going to come up. At some we'll point, see. they're going to have to. Well, they traded a first-round pick in order to make Orlando Brown happen. Now we don't know if they're going to be able to sign Orlando Brown or not. They might have ended up trading away a first-round pick for a guy that's going to be on their team for all of one year. And we don't know that, but it's possible at this point. Uh, we will talk football more as the show goes along, but let's uh, switch gears right now. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, but let's talk about the future of uh, some Baltimore Orioles right now with David Sampson on GCR. Let's talk a little more baseball here on GCR. Joining us now, former Marlins team president and now the host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. You can uh, find him as well on CBS Sports HQ. He is the aforementioned David Sampson. He's with us here on GCR. David, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, sir. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, my pleasure. Hope you're doing well. And the same to you. Um, you know, other than uh, baseball's not so great around these parts, I'm not sure if you heard. Uh, a little unpleasant at the moment to be talking baseball. Let me, let me start generically, David. It has been an unbelievably difficult stretch uh, for an Orioles team that's now in season three of a rebuild and I think it's safe to say, hey, nine, game, nine straight losses, it doesn't change anything, right? Like, you knew this was going to be the case. Before we get to the individual things, is it safest to say, stay the course, don't panic. When you go through something like this, you're going to have to keep taking lumps for a while. Oh, I think that there's plenty of time to panic, and it may be almost time. Because the question wow. you have to ask yourself is that, are the people doing the rebuilds? in your particular city, do they know what they're doing? And is the owner willing to let them do what they're doing if they do know what they're doing in the first place? Those are the questions you should be asking yourself. Do you have questions uh, when it comes to Mike Elias in particular about whether or not he knows what he's doing? I just think that not particularly. I guess I would say this. Rebuilding became cool when teams like the Astros did it, Right. When the Cubs did it, and it resulted in a World Series for each of them. But it's a copycat league. So many, many teams have tried to rebuild and have ended up rebuilding into mediocrity or have ended up rebuilding into a point where they didn't know they were done with the rebuild and they start the rebuild again. And I would know because I ran a team for 18 years and we were perpetually rebuilding, building it up and then tearing it down and then building it up. And we didn't let the windows go long enough because we didn't have the patience to do it. And even if we had had the patience, I'm not sure whether we were smart enough to let the baseball people choose the players and put the money in the right place and get the right players. And you have to ask yourself, with the Angelos uh, ownership and the way it's operated, will they be able to let this play it out? And you're going to know here shortly because... You've got to start seeing some progress, and right now you're just not seeing it. David Sampson is with us here in GCR. David, to you, what's the time frame for that? Like, what's the, you know, how, how long into this thing before you say there needs to be something that can be seen specifically at the major league level? So I, I love that you asked that because most people don't ask that question because they just hear what the GM or the president or what the owner says. Hey, it's going to be two to four years or three to five years. 
there is no such thing as a rebuild timeline. Because if you get better players in trade than you, than you expected or than people predicted, then you can start winning at the major league level sooner. If your draft picks are better than other teams, then you can start winning at the major league level sooner. If your coaching staff, if your manager, if all of those things are better than your competitors, then you win sooner. The longer the rebuild, that means the worst job you've done at rebuilding. But everyone who's in the later stages of a rebuild will tell you this is normal. It's fine. We're ready to start now because that's what you have to say when you build losing season upon losing season upon losing season. Whew. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is interesting, man. Like, I got to be honest with you. And I'm not saying that I'm just willing to accept anything. I, David, here's what, here's what I'm dealing with. I've been willing to say, um, I, I think this got off to a bad start, right? I think that uh, Dan Duquette was forced to make trades with depreciating assets that so far they've, they've seen nothing at all from the Manny Machado trade. The, the best asset they've had in a generation and they didn't win a World Series with him. They let him hang on. They got nothing in return for him when they dealt him at the deadline a couple years ago. Yusniel Diaz was the top prospect. He's hitting 200 at AAA three years later. It's, it's, there, it's a wash. There's nothing there. You combine that with losing an entire year of minor league baseball, and, and I've been the type that said, okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that it's, it's good or it's acceptable, but it's just this is kind of what I expected. I, I think they're behind the eight ball with how things have gotten started for things that aren't necessarily this group's fault, right? Like they didn't make those initial trades. They were hired afterwards. And, you know, it's not their fault that a pandemic came through the country. Um, it sounds like, and you're talking about it, that it, it maybe you, we shouldn't be as willing to, to give a pass, that we, we should be demanding of more. No, I think you're misreading a little bit because I'm not going to blame a GM or an owner, or a manager. I like Brandon Hyde very well, and I like D'Angelo Suns fine. So I'm not, personally, I'm saying I'm not blaming them. I think what I'm saying is that the lines that the fan base is fed, and I know these because I've done it, they're they're, they're totally disingenuous. Okay. They're meant in order to keep people having faith and hope and buying tickets and all I'm saying is that you shouldn't take it at face value okay. all right. that this team is toward the end of a rebuild because there may not be an end. There may not be a time when they're willing to invest on the major league side or that they've invested properly on the minor league side. Yep. And they may get a good player here or there, but I just don't want you to get snookered into thinking that whatever's happening is quote-unquote part of a, this big plan. Okay, and I, I can respect that and I can appreciate that, and sometimes there really just is no plan. They're just sort of going out and doing it, you know, and I, I completely get what you mean by that. David, we, we, we're specifically dealing with a couple of things um, right now in Baltimore, one being um, there's a guy here who's beloved in this city who just went through a hell of a fight, and that's Trey Mancini, and I, I don't think that you can even get much for a, a bat-first, you know, corner infielder, corner outfielder type of player, even if they're performing well. It's just not that typically there's not a lot of a market for that because it seems redundant with what teams already have. There is an argument that, you know, at this point you should still just be trading away everything versus, hey, man, it's, it's nice to, if you're going to go to the ballpark to see a player that you like and you want to root for. How, how do you handle some of that personal stuff when you're making baseball decisions like this, you have to be very careful not to get emotional about players. And the Trey Mancini story is such a great story. But when you are looking at maximizing your assets in order to improve your team, 
you can't let any human interest stories be a part of your function or your factor at all. And you have to look at what teams are looking for at the deadline versus what they're looking for at the uh, during the offseason. And I would tell you that pitchers are worth a lot more during the deadline yep. than position players. And position players are worth a lot more in the offseason versus pitchers. So when you've got an asset on your – and if Baltimore's got to look at this, they have to look at every single player on their roster. And they have to say, when is the best time to trade that player, given the fact that it is very unlikely. Trey Mancini's a great – you know, he's not an old guy. He's probably 29 years old, and I, I'm trying to remember when he'll be a free agent, but let's just say he's got two more years left until free agency. There's no reason to trade him now, but there certainly would be a reason to trade him during the offseason if he can continue to show health and continue to perform yep. because the odds are you're going to get more for him as GMs and owners and presidents are sitting in their off-season meetings trying to create a lineup. And, and by the way, so, it, it's after next season. It's after 2022 that he becomes a free agent. It's, okay, so right. He has two years. This yep, year and next year. Yep. So this is the time, right? And and not not at the deadline, but during the off-season. But what a great story. I mean, it's Oh, it's really, amazing. Yep. I'm so happy for him. Way more than his RBI. I'm just happy that there's the chance of health and, and, and long life because – what, if you speak to retired players, which now that I'm not in baseball, I have plenty of players who don't play anymore who I know, uh, there's a lot of life after baseball. And, and knowing that he's healthy and or on the path, that's, that's the best story of the year. Well, and it's, and it's even better than that because as a human, he is the absolute real deal. I mean, he is the, the best thing that we could have ever asked for in this community, and so it means a lot more. D- David, speaking to what you said about pitching, though, if I could – there's almost the opposite conversation because John Means looks like he might be the best asset the Orioles have had, and and this gets this strikes a little bit more you know differently because there are still three more years of team control with John Means, and you know at times this year he's pitched as well as Jacob Degrom uh, numbers wise, and obviously throwing the no hitter in there. He's also a likable guy, but that's sort of beside the point. There's there's a greater debate about. You know, shouldn't this be what you're looking for in a rebuild? Shouldn't you be trying to find a John Means during the course of a rebuild versus, hey, are you going to extend this guy? Are you going to spend the money in three years? Or are you going to end up doing the same thing that happened with Manny Machado, not win, and then have a guy walk away without getting anything for him where, you know, right now, how desirable might a, a pitcher pitching this well at the deadline be to teams that still has three years of control remaining on his deal? You can, if you have good scouts and you've got someone like Means, this is when you move him. Because teams who are trying to win, just even take a look at the Yankees. They could, with the deep farm system, they could give up quite a lot to get a performing starting pitcher to help them in October, especially if Kluber's hurt, especially if Severino doesn't come back. There's all sorts of things that could easily happen. If you're running a team, what you're looking at are your assets in it. It sounds cold, but the way we looked at players, they're assets. Yep. And you have to maximize your assets. And I didn't do a good, a good enough job of that because we traded players one year too late versus one year too, too early. Tampa is an example. You're competing with a team in your division who is the best in the business at trading players a year too early and not holding on to them not picking up an option when they don't need to and cycling more players through and they keep on winning, which is why I say, how come Tampa doesn't ever have to rebuild? 
they have a smaller payroll than anybody, and they win all the time. That means they're doing something differently than the Orioles are doing, different than what the Marlins did under yep. me or what they're doing now. So it can be done, but when it, you're not doing it as an executive, you have to have a story for your fans and for your sponsors, and that story is, hey, we're in year two of a four-year rebuild or year three of a five-year rebuild, so hang in there. David, I admittedly struggle with the Tampa thing because we talked about it. You know, the Orioles are playing the Rays a couple weeks. They, they just always win. It's all they ever do. But, you know, yet you have a community that struggles to embrace the players because they just don't know if they're going to be around. And, and and it's easy for a lot of people in, in markets like this or, you know, Cincinnati, wherever it is, to say, uh, I don't care about that. I just want to win. Get, give me that. Give me that feeling of winning. But, you know, it, it strikes at the heart of what is it that baseball fans are looking for because there's some part of me that says, yeah, you should be just as cold, as ruthless, as whatever you need to be as the Rays are. But then there's that part of me that says, well, doesn't it mean more when you have an Adam Jones around for a decade and you can fall in love with him and embrace him and, and win with a guy like that? It's, I don't know that there's a simple answer to me. I just know there's my answer. I don't know if it's simple. I would trade 10 years of Adam Jones for one ring any day. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Adam Jones, by the way, is one of the best guys I came across yep. in baseball. Yeah, I love really him. Really, love him. Exactly right. Exactly. But right. if you could, if you, if I told you right now that Adam Jones was never an Oriole, never played a game for the Orioles, but in 2011 you won the World Series. Yeah, Are you taking that or not? No, of course, of course, you're right. I know you're right. It's just very difficult, man. It's just very difficult because we have very strong emotional feelings about what it meant. But I know you're right. I know you're right that we would trade everything for winning a World Series. Someone would point out the Rays haven't won a World Series yet, but clearly, you know, they've been there. They've been right in the mix. And, and, and the way that they do business, you assume at some point they're going to figure out a way to do it. I don't think there's any doubt about well, that. Well, getting there is hard. Yep. Uh, then you need a lot of luck. And I'm talking about in the playoffs, I look back at the 03 Marlins run. We had an error in the first round by a right fielder named Jose Cruz Sr., who never made errors. We had an error in the second in the LCS with the Cubs. Alex Gonzalez, their Alex Gonzalez, the Cubs, made a big error. We had two out RBIs that just sort of dropped in instead of in, you know putting the ball in play. My point is what the Rays do, they're competitive year in and year out. No doubt. And all you can ask for is a chance to win the ring. It's oh boy, it's tough, man. It's really tough, David. I know you're right. I know you're right about it, David. Um, uh, tell everybody about the podcast and 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 where they can find you as well with CBS and all the various things that you're involved with these days. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been great since Jeter fired me. I started working for CBS, <laughs> and I have a show called Nothing Personal with David Sampson. You can find it wherever you get your podcast, and it's every day, five days a week, forty-five minutes, no guests no callers it's just me talking about sports and entertainment and culture and anything i want that's trending or interesting to me and we go in, into pretty deep dives and i'm having a great time doing it cbs sports hq i do some mlb analysis i am uh, after 18 years running a baseball team i couldn't be happier to be on your side of the field now no yeah we're, we're i mean guys like me are idiots you can do this so much better than i can I, quickly my producer wants me to and, and it's a good follow-up he asked you, you're not but when you talk about john means you're not just saying trade him for the sake of trading him you're not just saying go ahead and you're saying if you, you try to get that unbelievable haul that you can get with your scouts and if you can then you trade him in that circumstance correct absolutely anytime that you can get a trade yep. where you are trading a player at his high yep. instead of at his low you've got to do it and the key is knowing when you're at the high versus when you're at the low. And to do that, you have to not be delusional in how you scout and how you think about your own players. 
David P. Sampson on Twitter. That's how you follow him uh, for all of his insight. David Sampson, always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Have a, a very safe Memorial Day weekend and hope to chat with you again as the season goes along. My pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, David P. Sampson. Of course, the uh, former Marlins president now with CBS Sports. Uh, two things really quickly. One, I uh, should tell you that this hour of the program has also been brought to you by Window Nation, where right now they've got a great deal for you. 50% off all styles of windows. And as if that weren't enough, like only that alone would be amazing, but as if that weren't enough, they're also saying no money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years, 20 Four months, 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Tell him Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Yeah, I used Kyle's cover there at the end. He actually wasn't uh, here when we recorded the interview. I just realized I should have had him clarify that. And as I was ending the interview, I, I wanted to go back there. And so I, I used him as cover. Real cool. I'm I'm sure it's going to affect you in your life in a significant way. He thought highly of me before. Did that. he? There was it was was that a was that a thing? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, that, Good thing we got that figured out. He's gonna give me Actually, that would make you look like a better producer. Throw my hat in the ring it would make for you it, the future president this would of the Marlins. Make, this position. would make you look like a better producer. Well, he's put a good word Jeter for me. I understand, and this would be helpful for that. No, no, no. this is the opposite of no, that. We're a smooth operation here. We don't need to have interruptions at the end of our oh, in- is that outros what it is? of our is interviews. You know, uh, we can we can bump the break to the other Figure. side. We can do that. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. A couple more responses about the uh, Julio thing. Uh, from Rob, by adding him, that gives you Jones, Browns, Bateman, Duvernay, Watkins, Boykins, Prochet, and Wallace. That likely means Prochet and Boykin are cut. Prochet. Now, that being said, there have been a lot of people that have suggested that perhaps Boykin could be a part of a Julio Jones, that instead of maybe giving up, if it was a second and a fifth, for example, you could instead try to make it a second and Boykin and see if they'd want to do that. Um, that likely means Prochet and Boykin are cut. Prochet is an unknown right now. If you cut bait with Boykin, that may be okay, but you lose the talent for nothing. What's ironic is that Boykin's measurables at the Combine were identical to Jones. I just don't see Jones as a need right now. The cap hit is a killer. Okay, and no, they weren't. What? Boykin and Julian Measurables, no, they were not, not identical. They were not identical, but I... Well, no, if no, they you, just weren't. They, they just no, weren't. there were some that were. Again, Boykin there were, is a let's, fast, let's tall guy, there, but there, Julio there is. There were some that were. I don't. Yeah. And and the other part of it is obviously you would first attempt to trade some of those players. The other thing too is keep in mind like there's going to be a full training camp this year and three preseason games. There are likely to be an injury or two that occurs in that process. These aren't decisions that you have to make today. Some of that can sort itself out, and you might be counting on someone who unfortunately ends up getting hurt. Like I don't know if you saw, Rashad Bateman went down yesterday. Now the the word is he's fine. It's it's not a problem at all. But you know, keep that in mind. It's not as simple as saying as soon as you acquire Julio Jones, you have to cut someone else. You can wait and make that determination based on what occurs over the course of the next few months. All right. Uh, we do it every week. Uh, we started this a couple weeks ago as, unfortunately, the baseball on the field is not very good here in Baltimore. It's what it is. But the Orioles do have a top five pick again in this year's draft. So every week we're having conversations about what they might do with that top five pick. Joining us now, this man has a mock draft up, Baseball America. And I think there's some, some interesting conversation to be had about the player he has the Orioles selecting at number five. He is Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America, and he's with us now here on GCR. Carlos, it's uh, Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. 
Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it seems like the uh, the Orioles have a little bit of a habit of picking at the top of the draft in recent years. And, uh, yeah. Like and you were saying, they're on track to do it again uh, this next year. You know what? Hey, man. Yeah. That was the plan all along. Exactly all right. right. That's <laughs> where They're supposed to be bad. You know, with that in mind, yeah. Carlos, before we, we talk about this year's draft, is there anything at all, for no reason whatsoever, is there anything we all we should know about Elijah Green? Anything we should be, uh, <laughs> be on our radar about that guy? Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy how much hype he's getting as as one of the more famous prospects in next year's class. I, I think he's a really exciting prep outfielder, super toolsy, super physical, and he should definitely be one of the names you kind of keep an eye on if you already want to get ahead on next year's class. I think just offensive tool set, speed, power, defense, he, he kind of has all the tools you want to see, and he's really developing a, a pretty extensive track record of hitting at a high level, so definitely keep an eye on him is this a situation where we just don't know enough about the draft next year yet or is like like i'll compare this once upon a time we thought blaze jordan was like a an absolute top prospect in the draft once upon a time uh we absolutely thought there was no way bobby witt now he ended up being the number two pick and we think the world Mm -hmm. of bobby witt but like you know is, is this a guy that like it's so obvious or is it more like hey there's a long time to go between now and next year's draft let's maybe settle down on anointing someone as being the guy yeah, I think that that last comment you you kind of finished up with there is always the safest bet. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's easy to really get ahead of ourselves and get really excited. Not, not to say that it's bad to get excited about players, uh, but just in the sense of letting maybe the narrative run away a little bit. But I do think Elijah Green is going to be very very impressive player. For instance, we talked to some scouts this year uh, just on where he would fit in this year's class if he were eligible, and the sense was that he would be a top fifteen pick if he was eligible this year. So if that kind okay. of gives you a sense of where he will fit, um, maybe that'll help. But, but we do have plenty of time uh, and, and lots of things to fit, Excuse me to figure out next year's class before we really get to kind of locking him into any specific position. You have, in your mock draft, Kamar Rocker available with the fifth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And yet, you have the Orioles taking a catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a catcher. Yeah. And I know I know the answer, but I'm going to let you do it anyway. Why, Carlos? Why? <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. When I was putting that together and, and Henry Davis was a name that kind of made sense in that pick, I was like, you know what? Like, it would be really nice if Henry Davis was either off the board here or there was another player that made more sense because I do think you're right. It is weird to see a catcher mocked to a team uh, with their first pick in the top five when you just took – Adley Rushman two years ago. Uh, and I think generally in the baseball draft, it's the best player available regardless. But I do think catcher is maybe that one position where you kind of pause a little bit and say, really, we, we kind of have our guy. Um, but at the same time, I think this year's draft class is a little bit unique uh, or different from previous draft classes where there really aren't a lot of college hitters you can have a lot of confidence in. Henry Davis has certainly become the top college hitter in the class. Uh, and if you do think the Orioles would prefer to take a bat um, rather than an arm in the top five, whether that's because uh, they're just a little bit worried about the attrition rate of pitchers in the top five or, or just generally that's what the Orioles have done in recent years or the people in charge have done in recent years, um, then it's a really good bat. And I think there are some people that believe he can move off of catcher uh, and play another position and the bat would be able to carry him there. So if you really think he is, he's clearly the best bat available at that spot and he very well could be, uh, then you just take him and you sort out the positional um, kind of balancing in your system later. You'll figure that you'll figure that out later. If you need to trade him, you can trade him and get value. But, but at the end of the day, you want to take the best talent, and it's, it's very possible that Henry Davis could be the best talent on the board there. 
So a couple of things. One, is he, just talking about Henry Davis, is mm-hmm. he someone that could project somewhere else, or is he just a catcher? No, I think he could. He's a good athlete for a catcher. He runs pretty well. He has more stolen bases than you would typically see for a catcher, and his best defensive trait is his arm strength. So I've seen a couple of people say, hey, maybe you could put him in right field and he could handle himself there and his bat would still profile well. Okay. I would be interested to see him playing another position like that. Uh, at the same time, I think with with any of these guys, you just run him out of catcher and see if he can uh, handle that. I, I, I think he's got enough defensive ability to catch, and I do think that if you put that bat, that power, his offensive impact at catcher, just the value of that player overall goes up quite a bit just because I mean, you see catching at the major league level, the offensive the offensive bar you have to clear is not very high. So if you can get a player who has um, one of the best hit tools uh, and power in a draft class and put him at catcher, that's a very valuable piece. Now, obviously, the Adley Rutschman situation complicates things a little bit, but uh, I, I do think he can catch, and I do think he, he probably has the, the tools and the athleticism to play another position if you need him to at some point down the line. And, and when we're talking about the, we're, we're talking with Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America here on GCR. When we're talking about the bat, what kind of bat are we talking about in Henry Davis? Yeah, we, it's one of the best pure bat-to-ball skills in the class. He's a guy who, who very rarely swings and misses, uh, but at the same time, he brings some pretty impressive power. I think it's, it's more of a strength-based swing than a really twitchy uh, kind of elite bat speed swing. He's got a, a little bit of a unique setup, um, but what really seems to separate Henry from a lot of players just that ability to put the bat on the ball. He rarely swings and misses. And I think one of the things that's, that's most exciting with him is he really understands the strike zone and rarely expands the zone. So on top of just having really innate bat-to-ball skills, uh, he's a guy who, who just knows what pitches he needs to be hitting, what pitches he needs to lay off. Maybe uh, he has good zone awareness because he's a catcher. But there are players uh, in this draft class who have really uh, elite bat-to-ball skills and don't whiff a lot, but they'll also expand the zone and maybe – uh, get themselves out or swing at pitches that they probably should lay off and wait uh, to drive another one. So I think you combine those things that he has. Um, he's pretty selective. He's got good power, especially to the pull side. Um, I'm curious to see how that swing will play against better pitching because I do think there is some sense that because it's a strength-based swing, you want to see what, what it's going to look like against some of the, the better arms you're going to see in, in pro ball. Um, but But everything that we've heard so far this spring uh, scouts seem to believe that he's he's our, he's the best college hitter in the class in a down class for college hitters. So I know, take that for what it's worth. I know we don't really like doing comps anymore, but like, mm-hmm. w- w- would you be willing to entertain me there with Henry Davis? Yeah, I, I don't really have an obvious comp. I'm, I'm not the best guy for comps just because I haven't been doing it. Yeah, time. I get. Um, it. But but I do think it's probably a little bit tough to to throw out a comp just because for either player it can be. Uh, it can be misleading, yeah, I think, but un- I don't I get have it. an obvious one. I get it. If we're talking about, it seems like there's a, a few, you know, high school shortstops near the top of the draft mm-hmm. that are ranked within that top six range. Obviously, yep. when Adley Rutschman was taken, Bobby Witt was a high school shortstop and once upon a time thought to be a number one overall pick, but people thought he was a very polished prospect for a high school player and would probably move quickly through the minors. Mm-hmm. Are there any... Maybe shortstops in this year's draft at the top of the draft who Seems are to be a bunch of them, yeah. and that could maybe, despite their age, be on a shorter timeline than your usual high school prospect. Yeah, definitely. And like you were mentioning, I think this high school shortstop class is, is maybe one of the best we've ever seen. 
Um, if four high school shortstops go in the top 10 picks, that'll be the first time that's happened since I think going back to the 70s when teams really didn't draft college players at the rate they do now. So it, it really is a chance to be a historic class for, for that specific demographic. And I think the top two guys in that area, Jordan Lawler out of Texas and Marcelo Meyer out of Southern California, I think are probably the two best bets uh, to move quickly. They just have such an advanced um, skill set, and they have the tool set that, that I think would allow them to progress pretty quickly. Jordan Lawler uh, is maybe a, a little bit twitchier of an athlete. He's a guy with above average or better tools across the board. He's been compared to Bobby Witt Jr., uh, maybe not quite as toolsy, maybe half grade uh, worse um, in terms of power and some other areas, but he's he can really imp- impact the game in a number of ways. And then Marcelo Meyer, some teams think that he's the best offensive player in the draft overall, which is a bit unique. Uh, we've had college hitters really take that that spot in the last few years, but he's a guy who, if you want comps, we do get a lot of Corey Seager comps on Marcelo Meyer. He, he's that type of hitter. He's going to grow into more power. He's a very gifted defender, despite not being uh, the quickest runner or the twitchiest athlete in the field. So I think those two have a chance to provide impact. Offensively, have a chance to be really good defenders at shortstop. Uh, and I think they've got the skill set that they can move a little bit quicker than a typical high school prospect as well. Now, as a follow-up to that question, I think we asked, or I asked that, in a sort of context of, oh, the Orioles don't exactly have any middle infield prospects knocking down the door, and it would be nice to have a can't-miss guy added to the Mm -hmm. fold for the rebuild. Are we wrong about how we're viewing the Orioles' middle infield depth in their system? I know Gunnar Henderson's tearing the cover off the ball, and we've heard some people say they think he will stick at shortstop. But is the combination of Henderson and Westberg enough where you're saying, I'm really not sure that middle infield is as drastic of a need for the Orioles in this rebuild as we thought? Uh, I think that definitely could be the case. I really love Henderson's offensive ability like you guys were talking about, I think. There's a chance he sticks on the left side of the infield. I wouldn't say that it's like no doubt that he's a shortstop. Um, but I also think that if there's one position where you can really afford to go overboard with and acquire um, just players over and over again, I think it is middle infield. You see routinely that those players have, have a, a better ability to move off to other positions. And if you're talking about a player who is an up-the-middle type at the top of a draft, you probably have enough confidence in their bat to where they could profile at another position. Um, so I do think if you get on the board and there's a, a player like Brady House, uh, high school shortstop out of Georgia, who, again, uh, like Gunner, might be a guy who moves to third in the future. Uh, he, he maybe has the best hit, hit power combination of the high school class, um, could grow into 70 grade power down the line. And then Khalil Watson, who is uh, smaller than Brady House, doesn't have that sort of power, uh, but is super twitchy, super fast, really good runner. Um, great bat speed, one of the better performers last summer, and is continuing to really torch the ball this spring. I think both of those players would be interesting um, at five for the Orioles and would make sense. I, I don't think there's really any need to avoid an up-the-middle type or a shortstop just because you have a couple that you like. Um, personally, I think you can never have too many shortstops. So if that's the player you think is the best on the board, you should happily take them and, and figure out where they're all going to play and how they're going to fit in on a roster together down the line. He's Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America with us on GCR. Carlos, let's let's talk about the Vanderbilt pitchers. I, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I know your presentation of, hey, look, the, the Orioles just don't seem to be prioritizing pitching with that mm-hmm. high of a pick and – for whatever reason it is, I guess my question is, is should they? Like, like should they be, if Kamar Rocker's sitting there at five, should they be looking at him because he's that good? If You know, I, I've, I've talked to people who aren't certain that Jack Leiter is going to go with one of the top four picks. And 
Like, if that's the case, should they, should they look at these guys differently than just generically speaking about pitching with a top-five pick? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I do think that they should consider both of these guys. I mean, I, I'm not saying that, like, these hitters are clearly better than both of the pitchers. I do think, in general, kind of the, the fame of these two is probably exceeded um, where they're actually at. They, they certainly belong at the top of a draft class, but I think all these hitters that we've talked about are solidly in the same range. So if you're in a situation where you don't think that, that one player is clearly better than the other, then maybe just the perceived safety of hitting uh, steers you in that direction. But I don't think that I, – I think that Kumar and Jack are very ex- exciting prospects. I don't think they are like Steven Strasburg types, if, if that is like – if you're listening and you think that they are like the, the best pitching prospects since Steven Strasburg, like I don't think they're in that tier. I think they definitely have like number two or number three upside. Uh, they very well could be extremely reliable starting pitchers for a long time, uh, but they both have question marks as well. So I don't think it's it, it's very tough this year. I would say because the last few years we've had pretty clear pecking order for the top players, mm-hmm. uh, and this year there's a group of four to five, or maybe if you if like Brady House and Khalil Watson, you could expand it a little bit to six, seven, or even eight players that kind of all jumble into this top-tier mix. So me telling you, oh, this guy's clearly better than this guy, it would probably be uh, just exaggerating my confidence sure. in, in these players. So I think all of them have to be considered. At the end of the day, it wouldn't surprise me if Baltimore just decided we're going to go hitter just because we feel more comfortable. But right. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't blame them either way, if, if that makes sense. It's, it's very tough this year to kind of separate these guys at the top. And, and Kumar and Jack, to their credit, have both been very impressive this year. Kumar has struggled with uh, velocity inconsistencies at times, but even when he doesn't have his best velocity, he's, he's overwhelming hitters. He's got a slider that's a potential 70-grade pitch, arguably the best breaking ball in this draft class. And then Jack Leiter uh, has a really deep four-pitch mix of the fastball that plays up in the zone, um, really just generates a ton of swings and misses, and he's got a plus curveball that he can seemingly pitch and land wherever he wants, uh, along with a couple secondary pitches that I think are probably going to get better once he actually uses them more in the pro game. So both of these pitches are really exciting, and I think um, that they could profile as middle or, or number two pitchers down the line. So there's something you're excited about, regardless of what demographic you really want to go to this year. No, no reason I'm asking this question or anything like that. But uh, are there any of these topish prospects who we, maybe we are? Uh, had this entire conversation to start this segment. We were talking about Elijah Green, man. No, so, no. Oh, okay. Are there right. any of their topish prospects in this year's draft, maybe of the high school ilk, who uh, have indicated that they are maybe going to be oh, easier to sign? Got it. Got it. So, my fault. Eager to sign? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like deal cutting, I, I don't know. I think that probably is going to be a consideration for teams, especially because we don't have that kind of clear tier of players. So, again, if you're trying to figure out how to break a tie uh, and you've got one player who's willing to take a million less than another player in this spot, I mean, that, that can really make a difference in, in who you get down the line. So those, those things always come into play. I think most of the players in this range um, – you expect them to sign, so none of them. I would, I would assume, like, oh, they they want to go back to school. There's no reason to. They should be off the board within the top ten picks. Um, but in terms of like signability for either of these guys, I don't have any specific intel, and there would be no reason for for the teams or, or people who are working with them to to get that out there to to hurt their leverage. <laughs> I'm sure teams are starting to have those conversations here in the next few weeks. 
Um, but the last time I've been talking to teams who are picking up this high, those conversations hadn't yet started happening. And with a later draft, maybe that's something where um, we won't we won't get into it until maybe uh, mid June uh, or something like that. But I, I imagine those conversations will start happening once conference tournaments are wrapped up and once we start getting into postseason play for the college guys. But we still have a, a decent amount of time, which is kind of weird yes. sitting here at the end of May yeah. with, with more than a month well, ago. With that in mind, how many more mock drafts are you going to be doing between now and the time oh, we're man. actually doing this? <laughs> well, our web guys are probably going to want us to push one out as, as much as possible. Last year, I think we wound up with like seven total. Uh, we're at four right now, so that's at least three. I think probably three would be a, a pretty conservative estimate. We try sure. to do one every couple of weeks, but it's it's tough because I don't want to put out something just to put out something. Right. I would like to have some new information there for readers. It seems kind of like a disservice if I'm just throwing it out there to get right. just, just, just listening guys. People yeah. love them exactly. Yeah, I hear <laughs> so you, so probably every other week at this point, uh, unless things start really ramping up and we we get a lot of movement, but that that's probably what it's going to be like. All right, make sure you get your subscription for Baseball America. It's incredible stuff they do. And, of course, on Twitter, at Carlos A. Colazzo as well. Um, you want to get a plug-in for the podcast real quick? Yeah, that'd be great. If, if you guys want to listen to myself and Ben Badler talk prospects, we do it every week. It's a future projection podcast. We talk amateur stuff. We talk minor league players. So if you want to listen to that, uh, definitely check us out there. We'd appreciate it. It seems relevant for uh, for people in this area, perhaps. <laughs> That'd be the content definitely. they'd be looking for. Carlos Colazzo, appreciate it, man. Uh, we This is what we're doing for around these parts. So we will probably be in touch again before the draft actually happens. Thank you for taking the time for us this week, man. Yeah, definitely. Always a blast to be on, guys. Thanks for having me. Carlos Colazzo with us from Baseball America for this week's draft segment, this week's show, or today's show. Also brought to you by Tucker Fest, which is coming June 27th to Jerry's Toyota. Get your tickets right now by going to grade8smemorabilia.com. $50 for your uh, autograph and picture, but that's money that's going. We're raising it for the Brigance Brigade. So you're really making a donation to an incredible charity and you get to meet Justin Tucker for your troubles. But beyond that, the entire day is a family, a free family fun event, June 27th at Jerry's Toyota with live music from Dave Teef and Joey Harkum, as well as the Dunk Tank. I know our guy Jeremy Kahn's getting in the Dunk Tank. Uh, cornhole tournament, live broadcast, food trucks, and more. All that coming up at Tucker Fest, June 27th. Again, go to grade8smemorabilia.com with the number 8. And you will get your tickets there and find out about all of their other tremendous events. Not often you step on my I, bits. I, and I apologize. I apologize. I was wrong this time. I instinctually thought you were asking a question that we had already asked. And I was incorrect. And I'm sorry. I got it wrong this time. The past, not always the case. Mm -hmm. But when you do, very simple. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. I was wrong. It was a very good question, in fact. It was a relevant, thoughtful question, and I instinctually thought something else, and I screwed up in the you process. You trampled all over it. No, it was still quite fine, and the it ended setup up coming out. Yeah, was no, you were fine. Peerless. Set, no, I don't know if and that was the case or not. In I don't came know if Glenn. That was the case. Yes. Bad in tow. Yes, yes, to bash it around. But no, I am. I was wrong, and I am sorry. I am very Accept sorry. Accept your apology. That's the way it works. And That's I've never done it to it you, works. so it's like, wow. Yeah, first no, time ever on this seriously. show. Seriously. Seriously, it's never happened before. Yes, Booker Korg, and you didn't even get to hear what, what occurred. It was it was awkward. It almost turned into a fight. We did, yeah. Yeah, it almost turned into a fight. I got to tell you what, magical phrases. Yes. I was wrong, and yeah. I'm sorry. That's very, it's, I don't know why this is so difficult. When you're wrong, you just say, I'm wrong. 
I'm sorry. You don't try to spin yeah. it in some way. Well, you just you just say I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Wrong. Very simple. Yeah. It's amazing how it works. We really struggle with that in this country, bro. <laughs> we got a real problem with just saying I'm wrong or I was wrong and I'm sorry. We can't. Yeah. We're not capable of doing it, even when it's abundantly clear. <laughs> and. It usually sometimes people just struggle with you know telling the truth and the truth. Yes, that also is an issue. Yes, they try and duck out. They hope you're not going to notice. They try and but once you're caught, once you get caught on it, just say I was wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. That's my fault. Yeah, I'm trying to teach that to my kids right now. It's been (laughs) a struggle. Uh, Bit of a struggle. Right to my 19 years as a school teacher. Yeah, they used to have homework slips. So if Kyle came in without his homework, never, he never, never, would never do that. Yeah, yeah. He would have to fill out this, this, and what the assignment was. And then it would, it said at the bottom, students reason. And I took all of my homework slips and I tore off where it said students reason. I don't want your reason. Just right on there. My fault. I'm sorry. We used to have That's a system at our school. That's interesting. Yeah. But what if the reason? What if there actually I was a reason? I had hockey practice, and then I had this, Broke and then I did my little that, brother wanted ice cream. Those are different things, right? Like that. That I. But what if there was like a a legitimate family emergency of some sort? I'm sure they'll communicate that to me okay. at some point. There was a system at our school yeah. in the middle school. We didn't have grades, but uh, <laughs> the hell kind of school did you? It was like to? words. It was you like acceptable. It was like acceptable, like <laughs> excellent or whatever. All right. And it's a weird bit. And they gave weeklies. It was good or bad. Good or bad weeklies. Good weeklies if you did a particularly good job or like stood out for some reason in class and the teacher wanted to let your parents know that you did a very good job in something. Okay. Bad weeklies are the opposite. Well, yeah, sure. If you yeah. were particularly truant or <laughs> you didn't hand in an assignment on time or there was a pattern <laughs> of not handing in an assignment on time. Truancy wasn't as much of an issue. It was more so the uh, attentiveness or distractions in class or class clown yeah. role that I would protect. Ah, I took it upon you myself were, you, you, yeah. to entertain my friends right. because Somebody's who was going to, right? Like right. the teacher sure as hell wasn't. Yeah. And that's a good, so. That's a good point. I had similar problems in that department. I think, now it could have been broken by now. They might not do this anymore. I think I had the record for the three year span of bad weeklies <laughs> of the most. at my wow. school. I don't know if that's the record that you had. I was also that. a good student. I was also I got good words for my grades. You know, like it was yeah, it did, a did good well. Words but what does that even mean? It also yes. had no bearing on high school. You get to high school, they don't even know the weeklies existed. Right. Yeah, so like, run world. amok. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> I just got so many of those things. This and it explains would be, so much. It would be yeah. a bit where like I would go into <laughs> house. Actually, they called it advisory or whatever thing. advisory, and they were like, Kyle, I need to talk to you. I had a catchphrase. I said, What I do this time. And it was it was like a buddy cop show, you know. Like it was great. Everybody loved it. It was, did they though? Yeah. Everybody maybe loved they it. told you they loved it. Everybody, everybody <laughs> loved it. I think they loved it. Everybody I would have loved it. Yeah. All right, Booker Corrigan is here. Um, we're going to talk about the Final Four or Championship Weekend. I think is what you're technically supposed to say. Yes, you I don't cannot think you're call it. To they say cannot call the other names. Oops. If the NCAA is no, we're we're, we're I, trust me. If they're <laughs> they're coming after us, it's better for us because then we can yeah. look like that. If we get attention out of that, yeah, if, they start, four, coming, if they start coming, they start coming after this us. weekend's guess Final I'll, Four for the women's Final Four lacrosse is being played at Towson. Absolutely right. Yeah, their Final Four. By that's and then men's Final Four is up in Connecticut for lacrosse Final Four. That's a that's a bad bit though that they're playing the games tomorrow in the afternoon that's a bad oh. bit that's a really bad bit we'll talk about that in a minute yeah. we'll talk everyone about knows that thursday is the day yeah if you're gonna play him you play him on third that's a bit from earlier today yeah. that you missed okay Booker. That, that, that's it was it was not really all that clever but it we went brilliant. with it anyway uh, let's 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 just not toss <laughs> it wasn't worth a bad week i'll tell you that much tossing them around 
<sighs> Today's show brought to you by K&S Automotive in Hamden. For over 40 years, K&S Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work, they've got you covered at K&S. Give them a call right now, 410-235-6660, or go to knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive, knsimports.com. Booker's here. We'll preview the final four. The final four. That's It's the yes, final four. The men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse. Yes. Come at us. Yeah, huh? come, at, get, get, come at us, Give us dog. some publicity, please. Come at, come at me, dog. Yeah. That's what I want. We're doing that next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bella Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but men. All right, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box, and Booker Corrigan's in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. We love us some Booker Corrigan. Good to have him back with us this week. Today's show, by the way, also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Pretty good weekend of lacrosse. Other than, you know, obviously Virginia-Georgetown was not Ugh. entertaining whatsoever. I feel bad for Georgetown because they just they, – they had a game. Every team, every, once Whoa. a year, you have a game where you can't do anything right. And well, you and hope, losing your face-off guy, yeah. you know, like it, it makes it – it just makes everything else so much more significant at that yep. point. And UVA had a game where they really couldn't do much wrong. <sighs> Boy, but every everything else this weekend was Ooh. really good. Obviously, I'm heartbroken for my boys. Um, you know what? What a yeah. what a turnaround! What a run! And what a showing! And they were one. Cl- they Look get at how it. they massacred my boys. Yeah. Wait. What? Oh. Okay. I see what you're doing now. <laughs> they they just need they just need one damn clear. They get the face off win up by a goal. Less than two minutes to play. Just get it into the yeah. box. And, yeah, it's what it is, man. It's what it is. Those things happen. That's the nature of sport. What and then both do? teams had the ball in overtime. Yeah, they had the chance. They absolutely had the chance. They didn't get a shot off, though, in their possession. That's not yeah. that's not good either. But then it's the, the luckiest shot of lucky shots from Robertson that ends up yeah, being yeah. the winner. Um, all right, let's talk about, first of all, our situation. The good news is a lot of other people might be running the Baltimore 10-miler. Oh, yeah. And you would encourage, can they yes. still can they still you sign still up? still sign up. You still get where there. Would, where, would you, where would you sign up? Uh, CorriganSports.com. Oh, that would seem it's like a good place to go. It's all everything. The Baltimore10miler.com, but just go to CorriganSports.com. It's a really easy website to navigate. I have and participated. That's coming from a guy yeah, that doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, what is what is this computer what you is speak this tab? of? <laughs> what kind of web are we talking? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I have participated in the Baltimore 10 Miler before. It is an amazing event. It is so well put together. I know it's going to be a different location this yep, year Hunt because Valley of the, Town, Town Center, the ordinances in the city, but. Um, I will not be participating in it in 2021. Ha ha! Ha ha! Jerk! Well, isn't it official that none of us will? <laughs> well, not... No, I... I, I was, it comes I was down to us, one. and Kyle no, and I... I what he's saying yeah. specifically is that you guys aren't available to participate <laughs> in the 10-miler. Right. So you'll just have to be doing something else. <laughs> and I have, I have a calf injury, which means I can't oh, yeah. drink. Oh, so yeah. I'm going yeah. with this. I'm going... I'll eat a cicada. No, no, you want no, to eat a cicada, be, you jerk. This isn't a cop-out. This isn't like, yeah. yeah, I would rather eat a cicada also, Booker, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, than spend no, you're, an okay. hour and a half to two hours of my time jogging slash walking. But <laughs> I, that's it's not what's no, on the you're, table you're here. Going to be, that's, not, you, that's, that's a deal we make at another time. We did not make that deal. I thought I had that deal made last no, week. No, not the case right. whatsoever. You tried your best. Um, so you'll have to come up with you, – we agreed with you. You're traveling to uh, Towson University. That was the agreement that we made. And it's not okay. via car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll deal with that when we deal with that. Kyle, yeah. Kyle, I think we're going to do the same. He's going to have to run around the park a lot. Mm, we'll figure out. We're, we're, not, we're not leaving it to you to solve the problem. 
I want to make that very clear. No, he's running the Towson University. We I made that very that. clear. That, that, that hasn't been signed off. No, no, we agree like, to that. Why is this not going to be no, we're gonna have Jeffrey him, the Butler situation? No, we're going to have him call in. He's got to take pictures, the whole deal. Like, we're going to do a whole bit. We might have an intern. Pull over here to the side. I got to take a selfie No, we might have an intern. We might have an intern go follow him around. We might We might do something like that. We might have an intern in a car. Yeah, correct. We might We might plan that for whatever Booker's going to have to do. And it's going to be the same thing for you. It's not just going to be. A cicada. No, stop it. You're not doing that. Why not? Because you were going to make me run the 10 miler. I know you. You made yeah, me do it the last you're time. You're great at that stuff. That's the weirdest part. It's the you're weirdest great part. At the that. 25th fastest man in Annapolis, and I should get more credit for that. Day, yeah. And you had so much fun. Well, I think you should do it again anyway. Are you doing the Annapolis? You'd- Are you doing the Annapolis one again? We have an event down there. Yeah, we have. Oh, Booker says it in such cryptic ways. Ten, ten miles. <laughs> By the way, I knew you were going to try to suck me into doing the ten miler anyway. But if you're not going to be there, I'm out because it's the yeah. only the only part of it that means the the part that means the most to me is when I finish this thing in the hell that I'm experiencing in my life, and I hear Booker Corrigan's voice as I'm coming towards the finish line. He's so excited for me. He makes it seem like I am the biggest deal on the planet. You are. And now, approaching the finish line... Hands on, hit, uh, hands on your banana, right? Yeah, it's a whole thing, <laughs> hands right? Hands on. And then he comes over, he gives me a big old... I'm a sweaty, gives me a hug anyway. He says, I'm yeah. proud of you. It's like he's my... You know, like, I, uh, yeah. it's a big moment for me he's when like, I He's like, I'll hold your banana line. for you until you're ready, you know? Yeah. I want to make this clear. If you're not going to be there, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it if you're not going to be right. there. If you'll be there. What if I'm a last-minute add-on? What if it's like a Booker hologram? Because we're down. We're doing Florida. So the Under Armour All-American tryouts are coming yes. up. Yes, yes. Uh, we have a couple amazing events. We organize. Check this out. This is pretty cool. Uh, and I know you're made Ty Sanders, big yeah. lacrosse guy, high school lacrosse. We've got the top I've four never teams. <laughs> We've got the top four teams in the IAC down in D.C. and the WCAC. And they are going to play each other in a final eight. And then we're going to do the semifinals at Catholic University and then the championship at Catholic University. The student sections are going to be mobbed because they're lifting the restrictions. Oh, that's cool. We have a special waiver. So the kids are going to love it. Obviously, the parents and aunts and uncles are going to come to watch the games. Grandfathers, grandmothers. Grant, granny. Yeah. They've been waiting a long time. They haven't had yeah. their chance, right? So they're going to get to watch them play. The kid, the students are going to get to watch we them play. We saw what the atmosphere was for the uh, the games down in Annapolis last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was nuts. So it's yep. going to be a, a pretty similar, pretty similar yes. in, a, in a more confined space. So it'll just be, you know, bonkers. Right. Bonkers. And they did a nice job down there uh, restricting the movement of people, like just – Making sure everybody was in the same spot. It looked like there were fifty thousand people there at times. Oh man, oh, it was an yeah. Legendary sports way. group did a great job. So, so if you're there, if you find out next Thursday that you're going to be there, yep. And I can. Well, that's not giving me a lot of training. I got to be able to run one time before I do it. I got to be able let to you get know out. this afternoon. This afternoon, I think there's a high probability I will not be there. If you're not going to be there, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. What if I get the finish line announcer? Oh, damn it, Booker. Damn yeah. it. And that way you can I can pay if so Maryland Duke is the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really gonna be counting on Maryland here to protect my legs. It all comes down to Maryland Duke for you guys. I'm saying it's not in my legs. I could do it. It's just I really don't want to do it. I really if, don't want to do it. What if yeah. whoever wins our game wins the national championship? Is there a chance nope. he comes nope. in last? Nope. I got too, <laughs> no, I got too many points already. Either, I got yeah. too many points, man. I'm sorry. You guys just didn't draft as well as I I, I also don't need Maryland to win the championship. Yeah, it's only between yeah, the it's two It's literally of you. just this, this is game. just this game. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. I'm saying 
because I thought you were going to sucker me into it anyway. Even though I even though I won, even though I was the best drafter there was, I was smarter than all of you and yeah. and picked <laughs> two teams both. that might face off against each other in what, the final four. What time is that game on Saturday? Uh, the game that matters to you guys is the second semifinal. So what time it's is the two thirty semifinal. Yeah, I'll be in the movie theater. In the final final four. Yeah, in the final four. That's what's yeah. happening on Saturday. Is the, the final the four? Final yeah. four. I tweeted, the women's final four tomorrow. The men's final four on uh, on Saturday. Emerge from the movie theater and check Twitter and just be either exultant. What or, movie theater? What's going on? It's my girlfriend's birthday on Sunday, so having a little down Saturday. And as, as you know, they go movies. see Gone with the Wind. It's a, a tradition. Get a little, uh, Korean barbecue. And nice you, what? Barbecue. You're going to a movie theater out in uh, like the Columbia area for. Quiet a place movie? too. No, not a movie. It's actually just a yeah. It's a, it's just performance. A, just a get together. It's a performance by just some local high school kids. Oh, that's, cool! Right that's, on. That's what <laughs> she wanted to do for her birthday. That was like. I mean, it's still like a low key kind of thing. We're going to Columbia in like two days after that, so it's sort of a. You're going to the other Columbia. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, to, we're making it both Columbia. You're going to Columbia. Both Columbia's yeah, yeah, off yeah. the list. So I want to make this clear. We're going to solve this right now. I'm if you. I'm not. I'm not doing it. If you're. If you're not. If you're not participating. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Okay. I want to make I that would. very clear. This is I I for you okay. because I love you and I support you. And you know what? I'll Same. do it. Uh, no, shut up. If you, you're no. not participating, no, I won't do it. any of stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I will participate in the ten miler if you're going to be there to give me the attaboy afterwards. Okay. If you're going to be there, and he wants I'll, a little slap ass. Yeah, and all I give, of that. By the way, go ahead and sign up on your own, people, because I give everybody that's true. And out, and does, you do get does. a little extra. He really does. But I, I make it feel like everybody's had a great day. How far away are we technology-wise from having the uh, Corrigan 10K featuring the hologram Booker Corrigan at the finish line, congratulating <laughs> every person who finishes? Can't be that far. Cannot be that far. All right. So it's a good call. We're gonna. This is gonna come down to uh, Maryland Duke for who's losing between the two of you. Yeah. You've got Duke. He's got Maryland. Yes. How are you feeling right now? I feel okay. You know, they're both good teams. You think it's a crapshoot? Um, you know, I would say Lax Vegas does not think it's a crapshoot. They have Duke is like a goal and a half favorite. Underdog. For Maryland. Yeah, they have they, Maryland, Maryland is as a, a goal and a half favorites. What do, uh, they, do they know stuff? They know a few things. They know more than me. Definitely I'm know to more think than if anybody's you. hurt. My um, pride. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a different <laughs> yeah. conversation. I don't know of any. Lax Vegas right now. Uh, these are these are you know quote unquote official lines, but they're they're yeah. not. The books don't typically allow you to bet on college lacrosse, unfortunately. Lax Vegas has set Virginia as a one goal favorite over Carolina. I'm good either way. Does not matter. Right. I've got both teams. They have set Maryland as a one and a half goal favorite over Duke. In the second semifinal. So if I'm a betting man, mm-hmm. I would take Duke to cover that. Right. Yeah, sure. You would feel pretty good about, like, the most likely scenario is it's a one-goal game either way. Yeah. And so this, this gets, you, gets you covered if that's the case. One and a half is a bit much. Is it? But is that, that a lot? It's not a lot. Yeah. It's not a lot, really. Like are most college lacrosse games a one-goal uh, spread? So, like, is that? No, no, I mean, there were four games last weekend. Mm-hmm. Three of them were one-goal games. Three of them were overtime. So it's just at this point that teams are pretty even is ultimately yeah. what it is. Like if, you know, if Hobart snuck into the final four, they would be a four. Seven goal. Yeah, under right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hobart's pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, they're one of the powers. <laughs> they're one of the teams you got to look out for this weekend. Um, our, I've asked this question to a few different people. I asked it to Petromala yesterday. Um, we're making a pie chart. We're putting all four teams on the pie chart. So the ad, the percentage has to add up to 100. Okay. Is do any of these four teams have a greater than thirty percent chance of winning the national championship? 
I, you know, I, that's a great way to look at it. By golly, I'll tell you what. So, based on you know recency bias, Virginia really looked great. But they weren't. They were the fourth of, they, before last weekend. I, I know. They were the fourth of the four. Can they keep that going? Uh, in 2019, they showed yes, we can. Yep. They also squeaked by Duke in the semifinals in double overtime in 2019. So. I think it's 25, think 25, it's, 25, 25, 25. That's what Petromala said, too. I mean, that's what really, really, whoever plays. And and I've said this, you know, ad nauseum. 60 minutes of a lacrosse game is not enough time for the best team to win. It's only enough time for the team that plays best to win. And if Georgetown plays UVA 10 times, Georgetown probably wins five of them. But, I don't, I don't but they, they got their five. noses kicked in. Yeah, they got, they got, and that's life. They got slashed. There's no doubt about it. I'm I'm torn right now, right? Because I, you can make two arguments about last weekend. You can make the argument for this proves the if you if the team that you care about locally, obviously it's Maryland, right? If the people around here locally say I all I really care about is I'm not running, all I care about is Maryland. And you say, hey, last weekend is proof that the ACC wasn't as dominant as everybody said they were, right? Because Loyola or uh, Loyola nearly beat Duke. Took him to overtime. Right. Had a chance to beat him at the end because Rutgers nearly beat North Carolina, right? Took him to overtime. You could you could make and, and Notre Dame lost. You could make that argument in your mind, right? That this was proof that the ACC wasn't nearly as dominant as everybody said they were. Or then there's the flip side argument, which is, yeah, but they still won three of the four games. Like And <laughs> I, I think the ACC is dominant in a sense that those are playoff games. I mean, you put Duke and Loyola on a field in March. I like Duke to win that game by a bunch. But that's the but point about Loyola, a, right? Like Loyola is not what they were in, when they played yeah. this game earlier in the season. Like that's agree. Play them when you play them. But you yeah. think you think the lacrosse itself is different? Sure. Playing in the NCAA oh. tournament, everybody's a little nervous. Every, yeah. And uh, the possessions also matter you, a little bit more. It hits you in the beginning of the game till you get that level of comfort, and then you know, and having played in playoff games, like. You get down to the last five minutes. That's what you normally in a lacrosse game in the last five minutes. You might have four or five goals scored. In a playoff game, it's like one or two. Does oh, Maryland have yeah. a better chance because of their guys that like are two of the best players in college lacrosse? Like who have been <laughs> like Bernhardt. Look, look at Kyle trying to talk lacrosse because he's I'm got some stakes to involved. Talk in myself this. into he's having su- some. He's suddenly a big. He's suddenly uh, Mr. Michigan over here is suddenly a massive Maryland fan. You're damn right. <laughs> big Maryland guy. Yeah. Damn right. I yeah. need them to win. All, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of <laughs> they nowhere. all every team has great players but right now. Bernhardt's the best, right? Tell Jerry me he's Barnard's the best. Says good. He's the best. Thank you. Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> Tell me I'm pretty. Are you going to buy this house? Uh, <laughs> I think Jared Bernhardt's the Tawaritan winner. I've, you know, I've but heard I the argument. Whoever wins it. I don't know when they do the voting. I don't oh, get no, a that's vote. The, it's, it's that in the past it's been, it's just who's the best player on the team that wins the national yeah. championship is the way that it's gone. It's not been quite like that in recent years, right? Like we saw Pat Spencer win the Tawaritan despite the yeah. fact that they didn't even make the final. The final four, the final four, the final, final four. four. They didn't even make it that year. Like it does, it seems as though there's been sort of a coalescing around the idea that there's a lot of really good players, but Bernhardt's the best of even the really good players. Yeah, but you still have Michael Sowers at Duke. I get it. Right. Still, yeah, so. No, like if, if Bernhardt has a dud on Saturday. Yeah. Like if he just is a no-show and they get their asses handed to him, then then maybe that opens things back Wouldn't up. Wouldn't be the worst case point. scenario, by the way. For you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> not, not for Kyle and for everyone else. So it's a Maryland small world. Here. In 2008, I was the head coach of the South team for the Under Armour All-American Senior Game. 
And Jake Bernhardt was on my team. Uh, who's now uh, coaching. Old, yep. Yeah, he coached at uh, University of Vermont. Yep. Um, and then Jess, so it was Jake, then Jesse, now and, Jared. And Jesse's coaching at Maryland. Yes. And so this is. So is Bobby Benson. Love you, Correct, Bobby. the former yeah. uh, Hopkins. And yeah. by the way, how about the play, running the exact same play that Hopkins ran a couple years ago against yeah. Georgetown yeah. in order to get a goal on, <laughs> on uh, Sunday, which is very cool. Um, yeah, I'm, it's tough for me to analyze this, right? Because I am just also expecting really good lacrosse. Like, that's just where I am. I'm expecting two really good lacrosse games on Saturday. Um, I am expecting that, that these are going to be really close games. I'm expecting that I'm glad I don't have to be nervous about any of it because uh, I'm safe. You are safe. You are safe. I'm safe. I can remember, uh, celebrating Virginia's double overtime win in 2019 up in Philly. I was with some friends. Because you uh, got a bit of a friendship with Doc yeah. Aiken. Yeah, the whole thing. But I was, but I was also thrilled that because that gave me the, the I didn't have to lie my way, beg my way, you know, come throw myself on my sword and have to get out of doing the ten miler. Oh so, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Kind of that's a, a good double point. Double celebration. No. Yeah, 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 you jerk. Yeah, you jerk. <laughs> but you're not out of the woods yet. No, no, this, this year. This year, I'm still... Year. Yeah. But but you can root for Virginia because yeah. that doesn't impact you in any way. Nope. It'll have no bearing nope. whatsoever on how this all plays out. Booker Corrigan's in the studio with us. Um, uh, you mentioned the uh, the women's Final Four is tomorrow. I'm I'm bummed for two reasons. One, there's no local team involved. And yeah. for all the years, for this to be back in Baltimore, just sucks that it's the one year... The, the one Maryland's year ever that Maryland... Yeah. Yeah. Will not be in the women's final four. This happens to be the year when it's happening at Towson. That's a real bummer. And like Navy's had good years in recent years. This wasn't a year. It's just a real bummer. There's no women's team in the final four. Also a real bummer that they're playing the games at noon. Oh god, on a Friday. Well, it's funny because um, a really good friend of mine, Danny Crowley, is one of the ads. Love Danny, at, of course, yeah, former Towson quarterback. Towson. Yep, great, great dude. So he's been unbelievably helpful because I have friends coming in who have daughters playing, which sure. is you know fun, and then um. Tim Leonard, the the actual AD at Towson, went great job helping bring a substantial event to Towson because it's a great venue. We and, do the and Under this Armour is uh, this there. is kind of an appetizer too for the uh, the Worlds, right? Which are yeah. uh, are coming to Towson as well, aren't they? When's that? I thought it was next year, right? Kyle and I were talking about some of the oh, higher level cross stuff. Yeah. yeah, we had that talk. What was it yeah. yesterday afternoon? Yeah, yeah long. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. He I didn't was, mean to he's always there for me. Yeah, right. To talk, we were talking about a couple plays. of one for ones, and you know yeah. the old mumbo. I'm more of the two, three, three. Love, You know which one is my favorite of the mumbo plays. It's always one two, of my. Three, one. Hang on a second. You know which one. Of, I know what I'm this is always one of my favorite things to do during a commentary. Is when my analyst points out that there's a mumbo play. I'll yeah. say back. You know which my my favorite mumbo is. Mumbo number five. <laughs> it's always always lands. Mumbo number five. The crowd goes it. wild. Everybody <laughs> loves that bit. They're a big fan of that one. I always love it when they call mumbo number five. And then you got to get a it's little like, bit of a little bit of Sonia LaMonica in my yeah. life. <laughs> see what I did there? You yeah. see what I did there? I don't. Like really. Cross stick. You yeah. don't know who yeah. that is. To be honest, I don't know what you just did. It's a bad bit. Yeah. Bad bit on your part. But it, as a play-by-play guy, those little things kind of keep you going. Exactly. Especially right. You're when struggling it, through. Yeah, when it's fourteen to five. When yeah. it's fourteen thirteen. <laughs> you guys better call Mumbo, Mumbo uh, number five. Yeah, fourteen five. Mumbo number five. Number yeah. six. Yeah. yeah, call them all. Call them all. Yeah. Anyway, you go back to the. You're Dan, Tim Leonard and the Towson thing. Oh, what a great, great yeah. job he's done. We've had the Under Armour All-American uh, tournament there a bunch of times. This year it's down at Bland Air Park and Troy Hill Park. But Towson's always a great host. They're a great venue. They're parking. I mean, people 
say to me all the time, like, oh, you know, how's it going to be as far as getting my mom from the car to the stadium? Towson is as easy as it gets. So that's it'll be a great setup for the women's Final Four, uh, their championship game on Sunday. Yep. It's a great lacrosse weekend. Just a, I just wish the games were not being played at 12 so that people could, could, yeah, could go. Earth? I mean, it's just a really bad bit. So tomorrow, uh, ESPNU for the semifinals, Carolina-Boston College at noon, then Northwestern-Syracuse at 2.30. There'll be great games, just no local teams. Should we have and, a tiebreaker? Like pick nope, the we should not. We Final certainly Four should not. There will be no need for a tiebreaker. There won't be a tie. Booker. Who's going to win it? Uh boy, who's gonna win it? The women's? Yeah. Carolina. Oof. Carolina. Yeah, Colin Carolina. I'm talking about. Yeah, that. correct. You yeah. guys have been talking about that Although, for some time. By the way, they did, North, uh, they did postpone BC. they did postpone the uh women's lacrosse world championships that were supposed to be this summer at Towson will be next summer at Towson. COVID twenty twenty two, yes, a COVID postponement for that. So after um, this weekend, we go down, we start our Under Armour underclass tryouts, which are like the underclass senior game, we're starting to release those waves. Kids, it's the highest honor you can get as a lacrosse player. Like Pat Green, K- coming yeah. upon you wave on wave. Yeah. yeah. Four waves of them. But the best way to get into that game, to get onto the watch list, to be a part of it, is to register for one of the tryouts in your region. It's the best way to measure yourself as a player. It's the best way to gauge how recruitable you are for D1, D2, or D3 and find your place. And the Under Armour lacrosse.com site is blowing up with people registering. So it's fun, and it's also a fabulous way to get yourself that exposure you need for college coaches. Under Armour lacrosse. They're all going to yeah. be there. They're all, yeah. they're all. And they all, is, last year, yeah. they couldn't come. Yep. But they all watched on film. I would say this. It's like one one A one B best ways would be that, and also play really well at lacrosse. Yeah, right. Yes, right. Good ways to get yeah. yourself on the radar. Yeah. Be, be good at lacrosse. Really good try out for under. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I would say that's those are the two. Like those are the savant. two. You ever right? feel just like he's, he's the guy, man? He's yeah. that's it's Dr. Lacrosse. That's what we call yeah. him, Dr. Lax. Yeah. Uh, Brian Powell is a re- by the way Brian Powell's list of teams that he roots for is the strangest list of all time. He's pa- he cares passionately about the New England Patriots, the Boston Red Sox, Navy football, Johns Hopkins lacrosse, and Salisbury lacrosse. Salisbury. These are the things he cares about in his life, and he wants a shout out because uh, Salisbury is once again playing for a title on Sunday. It would be their thirteenth uh, if they were to get it. Saw a for, stat the other day yeah. that for the last 27 years, every kid who's played four years yep, at Salisbury won a, has won a championship. You say you saw that stat. Uh, Jim Berkman went out of his way to make that stat known. <laughs> <laughs> I that like was, Jim Berkman. He wanted that out there for He's, everybody that that was what was going on there. You know, for the first 10 years, I never really talked with Jim Berkman that much. But, you know, broadcasting games or whatever, you'd sure. see him on the sideline. You'd be like, wow, this guy's intense. Then you meet him. He's like, hey, Booker, how you doing? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. There's something wrong. <laughs> uh, they are playing RIT at 4 o'clock on Sunday. You can stream it at NCAA.com yeah. for the That'll be, I'll take Salisbury to win that one. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, for a tiebreaker, if, they, if no. Salisbury wins, yeah, you again, run. You keep saying tiebreaker. He's going to run. There's no tie, Booker. Kyle there's I, no, there's no tie I have already. I accept there's no the notion tie. that if I lose, I don't necessarily have to run. No, you're yeah. going to run. No, he doesn't. It just won't be in the 10-miler. You're still yeah. going to run at some point. Like no, that's the way that, it's going I to work. Never... Cumulatively, I run ten no, miles. No, you're going to run ten miles just about every week. That's not the way it's going. I to I think go. we go with the eat a cicada. Why can't we just you, eat a cicada? You are just so dead. Why are you so interested in eating a cicada? Because I, I want to grill. I want to over open flame. My wanna, issue is it's on not like, like a marshmallow thing. Open flame yeah, 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 and right. then wing sauce. My issue is like the 
it's not going to turn solid. It's not like you're cooking it and it's going to like the meat, the cicada meat's going to, you know, turn into like a shrimp and suddenly you're going to have like a bite that's nice. You're going to have like a hot mess. Is that not the case? No, and then you let it cool and you dip it in some wing sauce. You seem just excited about the idea. We've said that for two weeks. He's very excited about the idea of eating a cicada. We're not going to stop. I want you to know, we're not going to stop you. No matter what happens this weekend. (laughs) No, how you stop me is... Yeah. It's if Marilyn beats Duke, which I'd be thrilled. Bobby Benson, I talked to him the other day. If you win, you're not allowed to eat cicadas. That's the rule. (laughs) (laughs) You just won't get... Now what? He is a genius. Now what? No, no, if, if... if Maryland does beat Duke and I lose, right, I should be able to eat a cicada. You can. Of I to want run. you to. No, no, no. You in, can in, eat a cicada. In lieu of running. And you can run. I have You're an injury. Do both. I have an well, injury. Tell me more about your injury. Tell strain me about calf. Oh, God. That's a You know what I would be willing to consider? Hey, 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 Booker, thoughts and prayers, pal. Glenn. <laughs> thoughts Bless and prayers. Now, what if Bless we were up. to do something where yeah. at the six mile mark, uh-huh. there's a big. Big bowl of cicadas. <laughs> right. And if you eat all of the cicadas. You don't have to run the rest yes. of it? No. I mean a big <laughs> right, yeah. bowl I of get cicadas. It. You're well, suggesting a really the big. the commissioner of this, by the way. I because you, I had to run the 10-miler, you, you a mean, You mean you no. lost? Oh, you mean when you yeah, lost? Because you got one of you guys is losing. I don't but know you mean you when you lost? Yes. Yeah. Right, like you had to because you lost. Yes, and, and that's what you guys have to do when you lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to eat hard. a giant yeah, bowl of cicadas after running six to. miles? I drafted correctly. I think it's a legitimate decision. If I'm at six miles, I think the four miles might be more appealing. I had to do the thing. You also got crazy. I wasn't love even saying this was for me. I did, and it meant a lot. It meant a lot. I felt like I had a. It was all thing. fake. It was not real it was love. Genuine Booker. love. No, I was thrilled no. to see him. You it have was, no idea. It's paid a long, those women. No. It's a long. There were no couple. women involved. It was just Booker. <laughs> it was <laughs> just Booker. It was. It was. Uh, there was a girl there that I knew, but that was. It was. She was paid. Yeah, yeah, that was a different thing. It was a long couple days leading up to it. Always is set up for those events. Yep. Is brutal, long. I think so I had about eight oranges I afterwards. I just kept getting more I don't oranges. Think oranges is potassium, isn't it? That's not the thing, right? I did have bananas too, Cicadas. but you also want. You just need some things that refresh you. Just afterwards. orange slice moment for you. Oh, I needed so many oranges. I needed so many oranges. I was like. No! Stop it! Booker, ne- I want you to do that. Next week, I want you to come in and eat a cicada. You've Win or lose. Do it. I want you to do it. All right? Uh, hey, you can prepare it however you'd like. Just, yeah. You have a weird. Yeah. I do not get the fascination with eating cicadas. No. I'll never understand it's just, it. It's just. Like, if, if you want to, go ahead. Make it a big deal about it. I don't I get understand. It. It's, a, it's a people trying to be like, oh, I'm a forager. Look at how I could survive. <sighs> If I didn't need to actually buy groceries and like cook and be a normal functioning adult in the 21st century, and now like people think cicadas are like, oh my god, 17 times a year is, we can live and sustain ourselves this is off what we're gonna buzz. Do now moving forward. How brilliant is that? And it's like, Jesus. is it really worth it? Are no. You, are you really gonna enjoy it? No. And some people like I mean, Andrew Zimmerman would be like, I gotta know what it tastes like. Maybe if I can understand that argument, but I don't need to know what it no, tastes like. No, I'm good. I'm good here. I kind of like the crunchy, the crispy. Like do soft you shell know crabs that you eat. like it, or do you just no, uh, think uh, you might? I will might. tell you. So when I eat a soft shell crab, I love it when it's just, it's that it's crispy part of it. Nothing. F soft shell crabs. They're, oh, come on. They're, when you think F about them. it too much, you start thinking too much. It's not even about thinking about it. They're just not necessary. They're Don't tasty. They're tasty. Don't need them. It's a I good change up every now and again. Meh. You know? Meh is how I feel about the old soft shell crab. Soft shell crab. When they're Jesus. good, they're good. Meh. Mr. Meh. Meh. I'm bringing it out. Because you, you you're your trying to get. Because you no, you don't have your hat on. You know what? Change it up. Ten, not ten miles. You got to eat nah, seven uh, uh, soft shell uh, crabs uh, in one yeah, sitting. Yes. <laughs> you're good. You're good.
You guys, you jerks, trying to get out of this thing that we collectively bargained. Who are you? Major League Baseball? Who made you the commissioner of this? The guy that had to pay the price last year. You mean the like guy that lost. The guy that lost. Two years ago. Since when no, did losers ago, get right. so yeah. much power? When did yeah. we decide that losers How about are How the about ones? be a man and do the thing you signed up to I'm do? I'm not the one about saying be a man, I'm going to eat cicadas. Yeah, I'm just saying we should yeah, consider the idea. Crabs. The, well, yeah, I'd be, I'm okay for that. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying the idea that it should be I have to like a fear factor decision at the six no, mile mark. No, I'm talking a big bowl of yeah. cicadas, yeah. like an oversized. No, I understand bowl what you're saying. Of like a no. giant mixing bowl no. filled. All right, yep. let's get back to lacrosse. What else is there to say? <laughs> what have we not already said, Booker? I think we said that. Oh, hey, uh, shout out to um, both boys Latin. Oh, yeah, love them. And Ed Spaulding, by the way. Oh, yeah, I mean, hell of a run. Holy Moses. And despite the fact that uh, that you uh, uh, did not know anything about it, uh, shout out to uh, friends and our boy Ken Zellis. The friends, Quakers. Uh, also champions last week as well. Anything, what else do you want to say? we got to get one more break in. The Lake wanna... Show. They played great. They played insane. Is there any chance? So we had Pedro Mal on yesterday. If he gets yeah. a gig somewhere, are the boys going like bailing on Carolina and going there? Instead? They haven't signed. Like, I mean, if, you don't if, sign like, until November of your like senior if, year. If, if he gets... A lot of people thought he wanted the Michigan job. I, I guess they're probably not making a move this offseason. Although if they if they get word that Petromala wants the job, don't they? Well, they kind of have I, to. That was I, a very that was a very common thought. He didn't want to talk about it, and I get it. Like he can't. Um, but there was a very common thought in lacrosse circles that he wanted. Like you remember, he was one of the first to ever take a program out to Michigan, and right. there has been thought for some time that he has been interested in the Michigan job. Lots of like, obviously. I mean, I guess they've never won anything in lacrosse. In fairness, Denver had never won anything before Tierney showed up. Sure. So it's not like you know a good coach can't turn a non-power program into a power. <laughs> they're a power. Yeah, they're definitely not that. They're definitely not a lacrosse. I power. They were a club program when I was there. Uh, that's probably about right. That's probably about what they were. Um, I can't. They're getting better. I'm not saying they're not getting better. I mean, I definitely believe you they're getting better. You implied it. Well, we didn't. What is going on around these? <laughs> what What is happening on this no. show? Anything else, Booker? You got anything else you want to say? You can stick around and do tidbit and tubular with this, but I, I definitely want to. We got to talk Under Armour All American. If you haven't signed up for that <laughs> yeah, now, you better sign like up for it. It's the it. only way to get yourself right. on the radar. Right. No, because there's other events where they charge six hundred dollars if you make the team. For real? Yeah, it's awful. Oh, well, obviously. You know what it. they charge if you make the team at Under Armour? What? Nothing. Nothing. Hard work. Nothing Not at all. a dime. Uh, Sweat equity. I, yeah. I've got an issue because my son is clearly going to become this type of player in sure, the coming years, and so I got to start thinking about these things and and how much it's yeah. going to cost me. These things, these are things that are on my radar, obviously now at this point because I've yeah. got a a star lacrosse player on my hands. He had my, one save, the six year big save. Apparently, I, I had it wrong. They they gave him credit for two. Mm. I'm going to say I think the other one was a loose ball that just got picked up. I think yeah. that the other one should have been a ground. If I was doing the stat keeping. Yeah. At Hereford Rec, he would have been credited with one save. Did you he yell was at the credited refs? Credited with two. No, I'm not that Good guy. For you. Come on, man. Actually, yeah. we, no. Booker, it's six year olds. There are no refs. Oh. <laughs> They're the coaches. <laughs> oh, good. The coaches. You still yell at the coaches. Right. How come my kids that And, like, the rules changed often on the fly where they're yeah. like no you have to pass on this possession the kid doesn't pass they're like we're just counting the goal anyway we're yeah. just there's a lot of that going on there's well, a lot of you make of, a play like that and you got to get it on top of yeah right? but like yeah. i get the idea is like we're trying to teach no, passing no, no. we're trying to teach when the kids are that special but like you get the one boy who's just a little bit bigger than all the other boys and he's just yeah. barreling down the field Shaving. he's like that would have been me i'm going to go score yeah that they're like they're screaming at him <laughs> you have 
Julio, you have to pass the ball. I'm, I'm just better than the rest, though. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. I don't know if you understand. This have you last. seen them? <laughs> you think I, I'm Allen Iverson. Yeah. I'm not Larry Hughes. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way this is I don't know what happens when they get the ball. I know what happens when I have the ball. Correct. <laughs> no passing happening. All right, stick around, Booger. We'll, we'll come back and wrap up the show. Yeah. Today's show also brought to you by, oh, this one is brought to you by uh, C3 American Exchange. No, I already did that. What do I need to do here? The Press Box Print Issue, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box on the cover. John Means, you heard of him, Orioles ace. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms for free. All right, we'll come back in and get a tidbit to be able to wrap it up. Booker Corrigan's here. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a Trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. 
Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking Pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. Wrestling. I, I mean, whatever. If you have a tie... How many, times, how many times have you ever done 10 frames of bowling? Oh, you're doing 10 and, frames. Yes, that's the idea. I we're not going to do a frame. No, we're going to have a day of... Uh, I'm, I got you. Uh, I'm in charge. I'm the captain now because I want... Oh, big surprise. So we're talking about... Uh, uh, hi, Glenn Clark Radio. Booker Corrigan's hi, here Booker in the, Corrigan, in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. That's Booker Corrigan of Corrigan Sports. and uh, You've seen him on ESPN and yeah. CBS, various networks. Uh, it's Booker Various Cor- networks. Very, very, the the yeah. game of the week as, as, yeah. as well. You've seen him in various places. So I won the Fantasy Football League last year. I'm the current holder of the Old Bay Cup. And so because of that, I get to determine So this is a who you won. win, you get to determine. You lose, you get to determine. What? In all these contests in your life. No, no, Suddenly, we all agreed to the ten miler thing. You're trying to inch. change it now. You're just trying to I'm change just saying, it. You don't get you, to change. You get to choose what the penalty no, no, is this I year because you lost last I year. I didn't get to choose it. We agreed to it. You're trying to change I, it. I, for one, think I'd run the last four miles rather than eat the. Gi- I'm talking giant. You're trying bowl to change cicadas. it. Is the point that was not? I think you don't understand bargain. how big a ball I'm talking. You about. don't get to change. You don't get to start playing the game and say, you know what? I know that we normally play baseball games for nine innings, but today I say we oh, play. Oh, now it for seven you're in innings. favor of nine inning games. You don't get to change the rules of the game after it started being played. You saying, bargain that ahead of time. It's weird how even when you lose, your bit was no, 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 your bit was your bit was. What what happened to him? I'm just not going to lose. I if I had had a little heads up we were uh, doing this not, draft, not, I would have felt a little not, more confident. Just not, no, just not going to lose. I didn't I'm know a not, damn thing. You were like you were like, "Oh, you should have picked teams in the same conference yeah. and in the same field no, of I didn't bracket. say that. I, I had say the no conference. idea about anything. I will yeah. say on Kyle, Kyle's defense, I did not have like the brackets in front of me. And you know who Oh, you, by the way, I didn't have that either. You guys I, if you remember right, I just had the third and fourth pick and so I took the next two teams that just so happened to be teams that were squaring off against each other. In and then also the you were like, no, actually, if they won I, in lost. I want the third pick. Well, no, I shouldn't have we, to pick we, first. We, yeah, so that is the way that yeah. works. That does work. The whole way. thing is under protest. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't about at all no, like the that idea 100% that works hey, that way. The, maybe by the Kyle, way, who knows the first nothing. time, the first time we gave you the benefit of doubt because you knew nothing, and then you didn't lose because I had the help of a friend, which yeah, I had correct. a heads up. We were so doing this draft. You wanted to cheat. You're damn right. I wanted to get the help of my friend who knows about lacrosse. First, you wanted to cheat. Now you want to change the rules of the game after this play. It's not cheating if you use the resources at your disposal. No, it's it's more, I think, Bush cheating. League to spring the draft on me. Well, that's on you. Got to yeah. deal with this guy about that. I didn't know it was happening either. Neither did for I. For what it's worth. Well, I you came you in knew. here and I said, think you knew best. no, incorrect. Booker came in and said, we're doing the draft, right? And then you said, oh, we're doing a draft. No, I, I agreed. It was good content. 
I care about content. I'm the program yeah. director on the radio. Where is this? Don't on play the, the record unless. Meter. No, like, this isn't. This isn't the top. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have started. I wouldn't have led with this today. The point is because I won the league. I mean, we collectively bargain in our league. The point is, I get champion, to choose. That the champion gets to determine how we uh, uh, go about determining draft order for the following year. And in our league, we collectively bargain that Glenn gets to and decide. So this year, no, we agreed to it. In your this fantasy year, thing, it should be about eating cicadas. Yeah, it's going to have nothing to do with eating cicadas, Chief. Now we're talking. Now this we're year, with Greece, you know? I've been waiting. I bought all these bowling pins years ago. Yeah, but why have we not? With the idea being that I, well, we're going to we're going like, to run them out on uh, Pig Roast Day. You should come to Pig Roast on the 19th. What are you going to be in town on the 19th? Of June? Yeah. I will not. I think I'm in California. Under Armour tryouts. Oh, okay. All right. I guess that's... Have I plugged them? Yeah, bring them up again. I guess Under Armour Lacrosse.com is the website where I... No, the thing that's really exciting is the DC lacrosse thing where we've... Because they've never had it. No, it's cool. No, it's very cool. IAC against the WCAC, Polis, Landon, Georgetown Prep, Paul the Sixth, Gonzaga, St. John's. I mean, some of the best teams in the country. One or two kids going to play D1, maybe? Yeah, right. Yeah, one or maybe, two kids. Maybe and, one or two. Yeah, one or two one kids or two. who may or not already been selected for the Under Armour senior Ooh, game. How about that? How yeah. about that? Anyway, the moral is we're doing foaling. We're doing foaling to determine draft order. But if there's a tie, we uh, we uh, uh, Rochambeau at that point is right. normally the way Fair it enough. works. That's that's the plan. What are we doing? We're doing Tidbit. Yeah. Tidbit is brought to you today by what, what did you do to us today, Booker? Everything. It's, it's all your fault, I think. I Tid- ate two cicadas before it I changed came everything. They have hallucinogenic properties. Oh, man. Tidbit is brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it, Stan and Gary Stein caught up with Rob Ambrose, Towson football coach, last night. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. And if you missed on Monday, Mike Bordick with uh, Stan and Ross Grimsley. You can find it there. Do you have to get out of here? Do you have no. to leave? All right. No, I just wondered. You always say your show goes till 12. Yeah, you it goes Always to, go till. I don't know if you know this. We have nothing that comes on after us. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, we can go as long it. as we want to go. Uh, uh, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports PressBoxOnline.com as well as where you can see them And as always, Stan's show is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you Call C3, 410-401-9797 To get roof and siding repairs For the cost of your home insurance deductible Give them a call or go to C3America.com For your free analysis Tidbit of the day I don't know if you remember But we've been talking a little bit about Julio Jones Who? Uh, Falcons. Randy apparently doesn't realize we do. Would you rather on Wednesdays? Randy said, "Would you rather? um, (laughs) Would you rather give up a second uh, for Julio or sign Melvin Ingram?" I don't even understand how that's a question. Yeah, it's not. It's. uh, I don't know much about it. I take Julio. Yeah, correct. That's the answer. Correct. Julio Jones. You know that guy's still pretty good at football. Yeah. He still ranked fourth last season. In yards per route run, you know, a metric that would go to describe a player's effectiveness when they are out on the football field. Granted, perfectable focus can be criticized for some of their things, but it's what we've got as far as empirical data and Julio still checked out. The year prior, he ranked fifth. Uh, That followed, you know, four straight years of ranking first. Uh, And in his rookie year, he ranked first. His sophomore year, he ranked fourth. So his production hasn't really dropped off all that much, although his availability was the problem last season. 
of course, doesn't really surprise that Matt Ryan's better with Julio Jones on the football field no, than without. I don't know about that. In the 122 yeah. games that Ryan's played alongside Julio, he has averaged 293 yards per game, 7.9 yards per attempt, a touchdown-interception ratio of 1.9 to 0.7, and a win percentage of 53%. Without Julio, the yards per game drops by 33 per game. The yards per attempt drops by 0.7 per game. The touchdown-to-interception ratio, what was once a 1.2 gap, has dropped down to a 0.5 gap. And his win percentage, 27% without Julio. So, in a minimum of four games played. None of that surprises me, if I'm being honest. You know what I mean? In a minimum of four games played. This is a small criteria, Glenn. Mm. Since 2013... Julio Jones's 101.3 yards per game average are surpassed by only one player. The minimum of four games. Is, it, is it a trick? four games played. I mean, it's not a trick. I don't know what you mean by a trick. Like, is there somebody that just happened to have, like, a 300-yard game and played, like, two other games? Or three other games? I mean, is it a name we'd so. know? Glenn does it. Okay. I don't know about you. I'd be surprised maybe if you knew it. I I don't know how deep of a football fan you are, but Glenn knows it. You're about to find out. This is really weird. All right, so it's it's (laughs) read the whole thing again because I since 2013, right? Julio Jones has averaged 101.3 yards yards per per game, game. which is remarkable. Yes. Yeah. One player has averaged 103.8. That really feels like a trick, man. It, this really feels like a trick. Yeah, the Josh Gordon. No. I'm trying to... I Minimum of four games played. That's the part that's like... Yeah. So it's not DeAndre Hopkins. It's not, you know, Stefan Diggs. It's not. it's not Michael Thomas. It's not Mike Evans. It's not. This player's no longer in the league. No longer in the league. Roddy White. No. Marcus Colston. No. Uh, is it a wide receiver? Yeah. No longer in the league. Steve so they might have only Steve played in Smith t- Senior. They might have only played in two that oh, that's a good one. It's not Steve Smith Senior. They might have only played in two thousand thirteen and that's how this works. Yeah. I mean, yes. Did I they only maybe. play did they only play the in two thousand thirteen? No, actually I don't think so. They might have been drafted before that. But maybe that year they had a particularly But good you said four since two thousand thirteen. Right. So it could be somebody that retired scale. after two thousand thirteen. Sure, sure, sure. Yes. Is it I don't know if it was officially like, I retire. <sighs> God damn it. But they didn't play it for that. Calvin time. Johnson. No. Ooh. That would have fit, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. There's so many qualifications of this that you're making it very difficult for me. This player had a short career. Calvin Johnson had a short career. I mean, shorter. Shorter. Shorter career. Despite being a high draft pick. Who was the kid from McDonough? It's not Darius Hayward. Oh, yeah, Yeah. he was McDonough. You're right about that. High draft pick who had a short, but yet still averaged 100 yards per game. At least in 2013. That's the part that's screwing with me. It was 2013. Julian Blackman. I mean... It's Justin Blackman. Justin but Blackman. Yes. Julian Blackman's the kid <laughs> in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, but that is correct. Justin, I didn't remember Justin Blackman being Justin that productive. Justin Blackman though, was drafted in the 2012 NFL Draft, fifth overall, of course. Yeah. 
And in 2013, he played a grand total of four games, had 415 receiving yards in those I games. didn't realize he was that good in those. I didn't realize that was the case. How about that? You were, that was the next one that you were going to get to, yeah. Booker, right? Like, you were totally – Julian, not Justin Blackman. Black, yeah. <laughs> Justin, not Julian Blackman, whoever you want to say it was. All right, very good. Tidbit was also brought to you by uh, Tucker Fest, June 27th at uh, Jerry's Toyota. We can't wait for that. going to be an awesome day. Get your passes for your uh, pictures and autographs with Justin Tucker right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. We're raising money for the Brigance Brigade, their fight against ALS. That's a good thing. You want to be a part of that, and uh, you get to meet Justin Tucker in the process. So, like, win-win. Go get your tickets right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. The event itself is a free Family fun event at Jerry's Toyota with live music, Joey Harkham, Dave Teeth, Cornhole Tournament, um, as well as Dunk Booth. Jeremy Khan's getting in there. You can put him in the water if you want, uh, plus food trucks. Are you so getting in the more. Dunk Booth? If they ask me to, I'll do it. I have not been asked. <laughs> you think I'm going to volunteer? Like, <laughs> I'd It's like going to go. be a warm day. I, mean, they, I, I might, I might want to get in the booth. Yeah. I think we're also supposed to be doing a live broadcast that day, so like, I might not be available to go you get can. in the Dunk Booth. But if, if they want me to get in the dunk booth, I'll go get in the dunk booth. By all means, I'll go do that. 1,000%. I am a team player, Booker Corrigan. If so you were going to be there, I'd run in the Baltimore 10-miler. But <laughs> you're not going to be there, so get out of here. Great8smemorabilia.com again to get your tickets. Tubular is brought to you today by uh, Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, and they're giving you the gift of a phenomenal menu, including the smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, um, the turtle cheesecake, and more. By the way, Kyle, just file this away. Just say you're welcome, and I'll explain it later. Just say you're welcome. You're welcome. And if you don't, I'm going to change it. Just say you're, you're welcome. welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. You'll, you'll understand afterwards. Uh, glorydaysgrill.com, the website, to find out more about their special menu. Here's what's coming up tonight, Booker. I know uh, you you never miss when the Orioles and White Sox get together, especially no, a red-hot red yeah. Orioles team like this one. Yeah. They try to avoid a 10th straight loss tonight. The good news is they got the stopper going. Former Loyola Don Bruce Zimmerman on the mound for the Oh, Reds good. Against Dylan Cease and the Chicago White Sox, 8 o'clock on Masson 2. Masson's got Red Nationals, Reds Nationals at 7. It's also on MLB Network if you're listening from the New York or Toronto markets. And I know we do well in those markets, so probably a lot of people there. <laughs> MLB Network's got Rockies, Mets at noon, Royals, Rays at 3, Blue Jays, Yankees at 7, Giants, Dodgers at 10, YouTube, Phillies, Marlins at noon, TNT, Bucks, Heat, Game 3 at 7.30, Suns, Lakers, Game 3 at 10, NBA TV, Nuggets, Blazers, Game 3 at 10.30. I'm torn, by the way, because like, I'm inclined to root against the Knicks just because I'm inclined to root against all things New York. <laughs> but... They're like the second most Baltimore team that's in the NBA playoffs. Bullock, Bullock and Quickly. Yeah. And the, the, only the Nuggets are, are more Baltimore than they are as far as teams in the NBA playoffs. So I'm torn on that. Like I, everybody was talking about it last night. I'm like, I kind of always want New York to lose, but like. There's not a lot of room on that bandwagon right now. Oh my God. Everybody's freaking out about that. It's not, fun. Like, it's fine if you say so. Yeah. It does nothing for me. Uh, NBCSN, Canadians, Maple Leafs, uh, Game 5 at 7, Hurricanes, Predators, Game 6 at 9.30. How are the Flyers doing, by the way? Flyers, uh, their chances of winning the Stanley Cup this yeah. year are greatly reduced. Yeah, great. I would say greatly reduced. Is greatly a good reduced. By the way, the Caps them. are out now. Yeah, I, I do know that. I'm yeah. very aware. They're Penguins too. are out now. Yeah, what's going on? It's gonna be. I, everybody thinks it's going to be the year a Canadian team finally wins the Cup. Cause they that just would made be it, cool. They made it so much easier because they only had to play each other all season long. And, like, the first two rounds of the playoffs, they only have to play each other because of the uh, travel I don't know if that makes it any easier. Uh, they're all good. Uh, yeah, they're good. We'll and, see. like, Austin Matthews in particular is really good. Yeah. 
Uh, Golf Channel, round one of the PGA Charles Schwab Challenge at 4 o'clock. Never miss that. NXT UK at 3 on WWE Network. Impact Wrestling at 8 on Access TV. Any non-sports highlights you want to pass along? Um, not particularly. By the way, I finally watched an episode of Dark Side of Football. Yeah, that's on tonight. It's nothing. It's just nothing. It's not dark. This is Dark Side of the Ring is a documentary series they do on Vice about wrestling where they like get into when Chris Benoit murdered his family and they like investigate it and go into it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. The first episode of Dark Side of Football was G. Chad Johnson's was a really entertaining player. That was the dark. This Side one's about the Raiders and yeah. Bill Romanowski and I, stuff. So yeah. I, the second, I didn't even watch the second. One. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I seen it was it. about Belichick. Yeah. I'm like, I'll pass. Oh God! There's nothing dark. The only yeah. dark thing they addressed in the entire episode, they addressed in the final two minutes of the episode, and it was when he was charged with headbutting his wife. And they didn't even address it really. They just acknowledged yeah. that it occurred, and they were like, "But he there was an was entertaining no... football player." Bad. Good God! It was awful. Uh, nothing really else going on, to be honest. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So you have two kids. Yes. And they're a dream that I know. true. Yes. <laughs> well, sometimes. I was out. Sometimes. I went out last night. I had a golf event. You have two kids. Do- yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm going. Yeah. So uh, my son works at Riley's Oyster. He's shucking. Okay. Uh, my daughter comes, meets me at the golf event. Uh, we, you know, have a couple of libations, and then we head down to Riley's. <laughs> Let's point out, uh, a Booker's daughter... Is is a little yeah, bit that's older. That's what I mean. Yeah, ice, right. had, we had ice water. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was looking yeah. for. So, we're sitting at the. And Cole, my son Cole is shucking oysters. Yep. And my two kids, Cole and Mary, were watching NHL hockey. Oh, that's cool. On TV, and they were unbelievably nice, fun, happy. Then they started ganging up on me, like picking on me, making fun of me. Like, come on. What happened? What, what'd you do? I, mean, I just they were. They were bonding oh, yeah, they, in, a, that, yeah. in a sense I'll, of like, like kind of gave each other, like, like Kyle and I do to you every right, time. Sure, yeah, we kind of like, give it. the yeah. nod. My and boys do that with really, wrestling. really fun. Like, it becomes a tag team match <laughs> against me. Like, the moment they'll start wrestling each other, is, it happens in my house. They get home, they immediately say, Let's rip all our clothes off and go wrestle, right? Because <laughs> they have to be in their underwear so they look like the, the pro wrestlers because the pro wrestlers always wrestle in their underwear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the way it goes. So they'll be up. They'll be wrestling each other. And then I'll walk upstairs. And immediately it's, nope, now Boom. it's a tag team match and we're against Dad. And that backbreaker they did on you was serious. I thought it was a bit much. I got to yeah. be honest with you. Unnecessary. <laughs> An unnecessary move. All right. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows right now at Window Nation. Plus, no money down, no payments, no interest for 24 months. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Booker Corrigan, at Booker Corrigan on Twitter. Yeah, Un- still. UnderArmorLacrosse.com. Oh, my God, yeah. Corrigan. Make sure you don't miss those tryouts. CorriganSports.com, the Baltimore yep. 10-miler. Next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, the and following Saturday. And DCLacrosse.com for tickets. The student sections are going to be through the roof at this thing. It, it's at Catholic on June 8th and June 11th, so... The IAC against the WCAC. And stop trying to get out of, of paying your punishment, you you weasel. We, stop so trying it, to be a weasel, you weasel. Both a, of you yeah. are weasels. I, I legitimately you, would not eat cicadas. I would I don't, nobody run the last four miles. You're just trying to be a weasel. That, no, you're I'm trying saying to be if a Booker wants to eat cicadas so badly, well, he's going to have to run six can, miles before. And he can run ten miles. You can do both things. I have an injury. Yeah, that's too bad. It's really too bad. <laughs> I guess you probably should have thought of that, that, that before you agreed to do this, Booker. Might have been the type of thing you should have thought about, pal. Uh, 
Hey, I, but you know what? Maybe Duke will win, and it won't be a problem for yeah, you. Yeah, I have a feeling that uh, Duke sucks. There's a, wor- a couple words that are about to yeah, be said. About to be said. Uh, Thanks today to Booker. Thanks also <laughs> to David Sampson, former Marlins president, as well as to um, uh, Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program. Irons and fires legit. I still do. I still do have irons and fires. I'm saying that a lot this week. Uh, Kenny Amatololo, Navy football coach, is going to join us tomorrow. Oh, what a great dude. Oh, wonderful dude. Wow. Uh, they're coming back to Baltimore in 2022 to play Notre Dame, and we're going to talk to him also. I just want to talk a little bit about Memorial Day from his perspective um, and just what it means. Obviously, this being Memorial Day weekend, and we do a lot of uh, celebrations, and there's a lot of festiveness, but uh, I think uh, he's got a really unique perspective, obviously, being around there about what Memorial mean- Day means to the uh, the Navy family. God, so we'll talk about that. What? I have to root against Maryland this weekend. I don't, does that really bother you? Though? It does, you a big and then I keep telling people. But like, Bobby Benson's your boy. Yeah, you love Bobby. I Benson. love Bobby. Yeah, that's tough. Tills is great. Oh, I love John Tillman. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I do as long as they win. It makes you feel better. John Danowski's a great if guy. It makes so you feel better. He didn't come on with us this week. Who Tills? Yeah. So if that makes it easier for you to oh, root we get against Danowski him. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's <laughs> get Danowski. Hey, correct. If it makes Ron you feel Caputo, better, it makes you feel better to root against. So I I just root for the staffs. Yeah. Right. Great dudes. Well. You, Joe Brescia, Carolina. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be known. It's very clear. Uh, I know who I'm. I'm rooting for you to be running, Chief. Oh, come <laughs> That's on. The way it's well, yeah, because you want Merrill. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, They're going to do root for Duke? <laughs> come I, on, man. Uh, it's not going that way. It's going to be uh, even more heartbreaking for me. All right. Uh, thanks to Booker. Thanks to all those guys. And uh, tomorrow on the show, yes, Kenny Amatololo will join us and stuffing things on a Friday edition of GCR. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army Glory Days Grill, Sports and Social, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go, birds. Duke sucks. Duke sucks. Duke sucks. <laughs> Duke sucks. Say it with me. Ohio State sucks too.